0: Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show, only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com.
1: Wallop and web snappers!
0: My spider sense is tingling.
1: For some trouble, turning my spider sense off. My spider sense is tingling. My spider sense is
2: tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling?
1: Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug, and I'm Derek. And is
2: your spider sense tingling? Hi. As in Japanese for hello, not, I mean, Japanese for yes, not like hello. Hi. Nice. It's relevant. It's
1: relevant. It is relevant. <laughs> and we'll tell you why in just a sec. But first, to listen to this show, find us on 4 and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. What is up?
2: Um, this will be a weird one. I don't know. Are you excited about this episode or just like-
1: I am am equal parts excited and terrified at the same time. Yeah. Because I can't wait to talk to you about it because we haven't talked about it yet. But I Mm. also feel like I am just barely treading water (laughs) and slowly sinking (laughs) with regards to what's happening in this show.
2: (laughs) Okay. 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 Okay, before we get to that, we've got some normal Spider Man things. Yeah! Um, <laughs> so, I, anybody, if you're listening to this, you probably already know this, but. Just to put it out into the void for the few of you who somehow missed this news. So Disney Plus recently kind of announced literally everything I think that's going to be on their site at launch. So if you're listening to this episode on the day that we're releasing it, then in exactly one week, Disney Plus will be launching, which is going to be on November 12th. And it's going to be a slew of Spider-Man cartoons available at Mm -hmm. launch. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, and, and a couple of them have actually been pretty hard to find over the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting, especially for us, because it makes things much easier for us. Thanks,
1: Disney+. Plus.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Monopolies <laughs> are good sometimes. Uh...
1: <laughs> bonus episode later. <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> but either way, uh, just to do due diligence, so in chronological order, the main Spider-Man slash Spider-People shows available are uh, the 1979 Spider-Woman cartoon that we did a commentary episode on on our Patreon, the 1981 Spider-Man show, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends, the 90s Spider-Man in the Animated Series, Spider-Man Unlimited, Ultimate Spider-Man, the current Marvel Spider-Man, and a lot of other Marvel cartoons on there too, uh, like the um, X-Men cartoon and, and i think some of the more recent ones as well
1: and many that we've mentioned such as the incredible hulk and i think iron man was on there too oh, but nice. i'm not 100 sure i'm very very certain that the hulk is though
2: probably yeah i mean and we were those are things that like we were interested in maybe doing yes. commentaries or special bonus episodes or whatever on anyway so yep That works for us. Really, the only, like, main, like, mainline Spider-Man cartoons that aren't on there, they're still pretty big, important ones. But um, it's the original, like, 1967 Spider-Man show that everyone knows um, Uh. is not on there. That one's still, I think, the only place you can find it legally is, like, to buy the very expensive DVD collection for it. So... We'll see how that goes. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, But uh, also the MTV Spider-Man, the Spider-Man, the new animated series, and also the Spectacular Spider-Man are not on there. But they're still, as far as I know, I don't see why they'd be taken off. But right now they're currently on Crackle. um, And at least Spectacular Spider-Man is on Roku Channel streaming for free. So you can still access them. They're just not going to be with the rest of the Spider-Man shows on Disney plus
1: that new animated series must be very locked down because doesn't Disney own MTV or am I making that up?
2: I actually, I don't know. I don't I know think, if they owned MTV or not. I, uh,
1: I don't know. I don't feel like looking it up, but I feel yeah. like, um, I feel like they own VH1 and MTV. But I I know that doesn't necessarily mean they can do whatever they want. So,
2: yeah, because I don't know. I'm imagining I I feel like it's probably like that was a Sony production that MTV just like bought and distributed. Mm, So and I know that like that
1: crackle thing, not MTV thing. Yeah, that and makes that's, more sense.
2: Right, and bo- both the um, MTV show and Spectacular Spider-Man, like, came out during the, like, the the 2000s when Sony was kind of locked down on their Spider-Man rights, yeah. um, including the cartoons, which I think that's why those two are kind of, of out of it, because they, I mean, I guess they've got to be somehow owned by Disney in some way, but, like, I guess whatever like there's some active contract where they i don't know i actually i don't really get that there's so much gray area with like distribution versus like production and and what disney actually Mm -hmm. like owns when they own the rights these things so i'd be curious like i don't know how many people would be out there that would know more about that than us but if If you you do do, reach out
1: I'm actually really, I'd be really interested to to get sort of a, um, a digestible breakdown of how some of that works. I know I've seen some really cool infographics that try to break down some of that over time, but it doesn't super clarify this type of stuff. <laughs> yeah,
2: because, I mean, the whole, the whole transition from Sony to Marvel, like, buying back some of the Spider-Man property is, like, a major reason why Spectacular Spider-Man got canceled, but... <laughs> like I feel like by now the way that things are like I, I don't I don't understand how how the rights are still not in Disney's hands for those properties when yeah. every other animated Spider Man is I just don't really understand that but I don't know, hmm. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> this this is why it's it's weird that it's such a big it's such a popular thing for like. Just randos on Twitter to be talking about, like, the business of the industry and everything.
1: Because Because it's so complicated.
2: It's so complicated and we don't actually really know anything. It's so much... Just speculation and everything, and like clearly, like I feel like I'm actually pretty knowledgeable on how the industry works, like more than a lot of other people because mm-hmm. I've been reading about this stuff since I was like ten because I'm a yeah. weirdo. But like, <laughs> and I still, and it still is over my head a lot of times, and I think because not all of it is is actually like very widely shared or publicized outside right, of right, you know, behind closed doors. So I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, hopefully it clarifies itself in some way, and hopefully some of those shows do find their way to Disney Plus because I think we can safely say Disney Plus, even though it's not out yet while we're recording, is here to stay. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to yeah. go anywhere anytime soon after it debuts.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, so that's that's the that's the good 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 news about it. Actually,
1: I, <laughs> I guess like again, this is probably not the conversation for this podcast, but. I guess the one thing that could get in the way is monopoly busting. <laughs> but I don't know, we'll see if that ever actually yeah. happens cuz This is like everything's living, on fire.
2: Living in 2019 as like a lover of media and pop culture is like both hating and foaming at the mouth over Yeah. Everything Disney related, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much. Like
2: railing against capitalism and also like major hype standing Disney Plus. So right, where you're like, I (laughs)
1: loved this before you owned it, and I hate you for owning it. But thank you for making it available to me. It's very easy. Right. Like,
2: (laughs) oh god, it's so confusing.
1: Uh yeah well one thing that's also um, confusing um, <laughs> oh, and God. might end up on Disney Plus hopefully uh but would need some pretty magical circumstances I would imagine is the show we're talking about today.
2: <laughs> that's a that's such a wonderful segue because I feel like confusing and confounding and baffling and and confuddling uh-huh. is just like the this production in a nutshell and what's funny is that like. I feel like the 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 surface reasons why you'd think it would be, like, weird isn't really the reason why it's weird. Like, I feel like you'd go into this being like, oh, an Avengers, like, Marvel anime? Like, that could be weird. But that's not what's weird about it. It actually makes a lot of sense to do an anime of, like, superhero yeah. stuff. Um, It's, like, everything else about it. <laughs> and, like, the hoops that they jumped in, the specific genre of anime that they, uh-huh. they put this in, it's, I kind of love it in how... Just mind-boggling it is, and yeah. I want I want to know the full history of the show because there isn't a lot of information about it oh, on there yeah. that I found, and, and I just that want contributes
1: to so greatly to the fascination that I have. Is just like we don't know everything, mm-hmm.
2: and maybe we never will. <laughs> like, I know it's so bizarre; it's a weird enigma. So the show that we're talking about, um, you may or may not have heard about it because there have been some like articles that. gone viral occasionally about like like, within the past year yeah yeah and it's always just like just like this is a weird marvel show you've never heard of or like random clips i have shown up on youtube and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so this is this is a show called marvel disc wars the avengers um what a mouthful of a name which Um, do you think that means (laughs)
1: that initially they might have intended to do more than just the avengers or is that just to capitalize on the fact that the avengers were like the biggest property of the decade
2: i think it's to capitalize on it because more than just the avengers are in this show the show True. tackles the entire marvel universe it's just like the main yeah. team is made up of just avengers hmm. and i think the whole course of the show is like rescuing and unlocking and, and finding other superheroes that include the x-men and i think i think they pretty much cover all the major big hitters yeah. except for fantastic four for some reason oh, um from what i read yeah hmm so yeah but it's it's weird um <laughs> and this so if, if you have ever heard of like the marvel anime this is this is what that is this is really i know that there's been some like um like wolverine and iron man animes that yeah. have been created but this is like the more of the, the enigmatic one that exists the
1: one that people would bring up in sort of like a curiosity or fun fact context because yeah there's There's the Wolverine and Iron Man. There's, I think, a Blade one. I think there's Mm -hmm. one that's technically currently airing or just finished that's something else, too, but no one talks about that one. This is, like, (laughs) the real bread and butter of any sort of, like, Marvel anime conversation because it's just so weird. It's so weird and fun to talk about.
2: Yeah, yeah. So let's listen to the production of it a little bit, and then we'll get into, like, what the show freaking is because the 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 people behind it are actually pretty huge um Mm -hmm. it's produced by toei animation so uh in conjunction with walt disney japan of course because disney owns everything (laughs) but uh toei of course like i feel like anybody is going to know what the name toei at least even if you don't know what they do because um in live action just for example um they're pretty much one of the most prominent entertainment companies in japan if not the world in live action they're known for like uh pretty much the big tokusatsu shows uh including the japanese spider-man series which is what kind of inspired super sentai which then was adapted into power rangers as well as like i think they're also responsible for like Common Rider and mm-hmm. and and I think like Metal Heroes and all that stuff too. So yes. most of these of Toku shows are going to be from Toei, but uh, Toei Animation specifically is also like just on its own really notable. Um, <laughs> like they've done a bajillion things, but just a few notable works are things you may have heard of, such as Digimon, One Piece, Dragon Ball, and Sailor Moon.
1: Wow. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> I mean, your childhood, I guess? Like, yeah, <laughs>
1: right? Kids now, everything is owned by Disney. Us, everything was owned by Toei.
2: <laughs> Basically, and if they wouldn't own it, they at least had a hand in it because they yeah. also did a lot of commission work. Um, I think mostly in the 80s like on American cartoons, like the uh Spider-Man 81 show and Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. There's actually like the 3 episode second season of Amazing Friends was like fully produced by Toei and from my understanding the animation's just like a giant step up in those three episodes alone. Um, So that'll be interesting whenever we ultimately get to those. They've also worked on GI Joe, Transformers, Muppet Babies, and many, many, many
1: more. Muppet Babies. Why does that make so much sense?
2: I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) There's so many Muppet Baby connections to Marvel and Spider-Man. It's so weird. Hmm. Hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the series itself is helmed by director uh, Toshiaki Kimura. A veteran director for Toei, specifically animation, in the Precure franchise or the Pretty Cure franchise. I don't think anyone calls it that. I think I just made myself sound like a total loser. (laughs) Um, But the Precure franchise.
2: (laughs) I've never heard of it, actually, but I don't really. I'm not much of an anime buff. I
1: think it is maybe one that's been adapted by saban brand oh okay so i think
2: that means not good
1: someone's okay. gonna yell at me this is gonna be a dangerous episode like <laughs> if anyone l- bothers to listen to this one now. i know right like what the hell is that show <laughs> but additionally uh, veteran dragon ball animator and character designer Tadayoshi yanamura provides character designs which is a pretty big deal <laughs> uh-huh. um actually <laughs> yeah And then, of course, um, once you watch even a minute of the show, this next thing is not a surprise at all. It's produced in conjunction with Bandai for toy merchandising Mm. specifically. So Bandai doesn't necessarily make the show, but they are certainly making the toys.
2: Yeah, and probably involved in the making of the show just to make sure they can get their toys made. Very
1: good point. Very good point. Which
2: I do wonder if that had played a role in why this wasn't distributed in America because I was thinking about that because I think it, you're onto something because Hasbro if you don't know Hasbro has like a really tight hold on like the Marvel property every Marvel toy is produced by Hasbro so um and you know Hasbro is is going to be a competitor to to Bandai in America um, the only thing that makes me like suspect that didn't have a role in it is because bandai japan and bandai america are technically two different entities yeah and there's the whole power rangers factor where power rangers is adapted from super sentai super sentai in japan has always been owned by bandai japan and recently power rangers became owned by hasbro but that's also kind of different because it's not like power rangers is just like an import it's it is a adaptation in its own property and 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 you know as of the past few years all of the toys have been like completely made anew years after the Sentai was out in Japan. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's still – it's kind of separate enough, whereas I think if this was just imported and straight dubbed, like, I feel like they wouldn't necessarily be remaking the toys. Like, they probably would just import the toys, too. Or maybe Hasbro also was just like, this doesn't seem like it's worth it to be remaking all these toys from Japan from a competing company.
1: I feel like that's got to be at least some factor because at this point, like, Part of me is like, I could see this getting adapted later just because it's such a novel thing. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, the show seems to be very much like show the toy, sell the toy. So if you're not actually making the toys, I don't know if there's an incentive.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Because I feel like there's a clear branding that they're trying to go for where it's like, these are the Marvel Disc Wars. You collect all the Marvel Disc Wars toys, collect all Mm -hmm. your discs and play with the discs um, and all all their accessories. And so it's like, if you're not going to be committed to creating that line, (laughs) There's not really – I mean – Yeah, it's I, for
1: adult – it would be for adult nerds, which is not what the show was initially conceived yeah. to do.
2: Yeah. And I have – I read when I was looking up, researching the show, because I was really fascinated by it and and knew – a lot of the other shows, when we're going into it blindly, I try not to look too far into it because mm-hmm. I want to be surprised. But I knew that this one didn't necessarily have a lot of Spider-Man in it. Like, he was he's a prominent character in it, but he's not, like, in every episode. He's not part of the main team. So I was just, like, looking ahead to be like, okay, how much? And I did read from people that are just like, oh, no, this show actually, like, if you watch the whole anime, it has some pretty good arcs. Like, it does—it it is, like, a decent, like, kids' anime, you know, and probably, like, grows in the same way while it's also advertising the toy. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like... It's probably worth watching the whole thing, like, if oh, you're interested in it.
1: I don't it's, doubt that. I yeah. will 100% watch every episode of the show. <laughs> <It's>, right. <laughs>
2: Do but, not
1: get me wrong. I cannot yeah. wait.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just from a marketing standpoint, like, I also see it makes a certain amount of sense why they would be like, this would be a hit with kids, but yeah. it also makes equal amount of sense why they think this probably wouldn't be a hit with kids in America. So, so or strange. at least isn't worth investing in. So. Yeah. Which, speaking of, the 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 thing about this is that there is an English dub that exists, and we're going to talk about the voice actors in it a little bit because yeah. it's a it's a decent production. Like you can yeah. look at. Um, I don't know. Did you did you watch any of the clips of the dub on YouTube by any chance? No, Nichols? I didn't.
1: I probably should have. I don't know why I didn't.
2: It's worth watching because I think like it's a decent. I mean, you know, it's it's like your typical kids caliber dub. Sure. Like it's not like anything amazing, but like. They have the actors that you would expect playing the roles, and they they have some some different spins on lines and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. they were clearly, like, putting effort into adapting it. The thing is, though, like, it never made it to any Western countries, even though it was made with a lot of actors who would be known in Western countries. Right. Um, That dub only aired in Southeast Asia, like, in just a few select countries in Southeast Asia, actually. So that's what those clips that you can find online come from. They're just, like, the commercials and previews that they showed. But, like... It never made it to America, so it's actually like <laughs> really hard to find it. And what's really weird is like the IMDb page for this is a total freaking mess. Like, oh, yep. There's so little information. Any art, any American articles that you can find is always like at the launch of the show, saying that it's going to happen in yeah. Japan. Nothing about the dub. Nothing about like the production of it. I didn't. I there maybe maybe there. I wonder if there's some social media posts from any actors being like. I'm going to be in this show, but like, Um, I, I haven't found it if that's the case.
1: I, yeah, I dug a little bit for that because finding, finding just, just a list of the, of the English language cast, Mm -hmm. it, it it has to exist somewhere, but it's not readily available on the internet. Like there has to be a press release, right?
2: You'd think, but I guess if it never aired in America, yeah. the only press releases that might exist would Wouldn't be in those be in South. English. Yeah, it would be it in the South. Not
1: need to feature the names of the actors all that much.
2: <laughs> that's that's a good point. So probably it might be out there, but it would be really just really hard to find unless you know how to like speak the, any other languages or, oh or type gosh, it and search yeah. in any of the languages. Hmm. So that and that's the thing is that like on IMDb, the dub actors the most that I could find was being credited for 27 episodes, uh, like all the main ones were. But it's still inconsistent because some characters I know had to have appeared in more episodes than they're credited for, but are still only credited for like one episode or whatever, or sometimes not at all. So it doesn't really make sense. My best guess is that only 27 episodes of it were maybe produced, or all of them were produced, but only 27 of them aired, and they just like canceled the dub after that or something, or stopped airing the dub.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
2: Yeah. And in any case, like, I guess no one, <laughs> no one recorded him and uploaded online because you cannot find the English dub anywhere. Like there's even a, um, oh, what is it called? I think it's like Lostpedia or something like that. That's yeah. just, or no, that's the, that's the fandom wiki for the show Lost. It's something like that where it's like. It's oh, 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 lost Wikipedia. media
1: wiki or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's somewhere along those lines, but like lost media. Cause I, I bumped into the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm. It's basically like, it, it would only be on there if, if no one could find it anywhere. Like you can't pirate it or anything like that. So I'm sure that those dubs exist in a vault somewhere that whoever, whoever owns the dubs has it. But right, uh,
1: they're somewhere, they are somewhere on this planet. Mm-hmm. We are sharing a planet with the English language dub of this show,
2: <laughs> and, and I want to he- I want to watch it because the clips yeah. that I saw they're not. I mean, the the way that that uh, that for example, we'll talk about this later, but like the way that Crispin Cream- Crispin Crispin Freeman, <laughs> um, the way that Crispin Freeman plays Loki, like he gives him a really like weird, awkward, like Ooh. kind of Britishish accent. Hmm. Um, he's like, "You'll never have the chance," and I'm like, "That's <laughs> not good." But I know you're a good voice actor, so maybe that's a choice. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like, I want to hear the stuff like that. Yeah, me too. Um, and I also, like, I think Spider-Man's actually really well written in this show. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear those lines delivered in English because that's oh. the language that I speak.
1: I want to I want to because I think Peter Parker and Spider-Man are such bizarre characters in this show. <laughs> they are. In a, in a sort of uniquely anime way that yeah. I would love to hear an American actor do it. <laughs> yes. And, yes. like, how they would either try to translate that same humor or have to adapt it for an American audience. <laughs> right. In the way right. that anybody who watches anime kind of understands.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, and, and you know, if you're wondering, like, well, how did you watch it? We just watched it in Japanese. Yes. There were, like, Japanese DVD releases of the undubbed series... I don't know. Like we we didn't find anywhere like like legally to stream the, a subbed version of the show anywhere. But you can find it like anywhere you find anime on the internet unofficially. Yeah. Like it's not that hard to find. I don't know if what we were watching was like an official sub or anything. I feel like it's not because some of the lines. Yeah. I don't think would have been like officially subbed. But the sub that we watched was was pretty good. I think. All things considered.
1: Yeah, there were, I mean, there weren't too many moments where I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, (laughs) You know, like, it was like maybe twice where I could, I, I was sort of like taken out where I was like, what did that just say? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i mean if there was if if there were a way that we were able to legally find it and watch it we we would have but i don't know if we can
2: <laughs> yeah and i think it's worth like getting the word out about this show even if we're doing it illegally because that's the only like yeah. getting attention for it might be the only way to eventually get it released over here in america or anywhere in any 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 western countries like legally yeah <laughs> so we can actually like uh. watch it more easily I want it. I want I it. I know. I think I would love it. Honestly, as weird and baffling as it is, it really does scratch like that—that that, like Digimon itch that I like.
1: Oh, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm confident that I will like this. I like am practicing a lot of self restraint because I know we have a couple other episodes that we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, this is I I think an incredibly bingeable show that I would. Yeah just kept going with
2: <laughs> i mean we're not gonna we're not gonna necessarily do episodes on the ones that come directly after this so you could binge a bunch of them in the meantime uh, before the ones that we're jumping to i, I was considering I, doing that i'm not gonna lie
1: i just I want to see my own headspace trying to fill in the gap. (laughs) Not that I think it'll be too hard, but I think it'll be funny to be like, I have no idea what happened in between these two, but here, let me tell you about it.
2: (laughs) Right. Right.
1: So we'll see, but who knows? Maybe I don't, maybe I won't have enough self-control.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. Well, here's – okay. And here's the thing. So I think we're gonna we're getting ready to, like, to, to dive into the episodes as we normally do. But the thing about this is that, like, when we were picking this out, we did it specifically because we wanted to, to do something kind of weird um, while we were in between, like, big seasons. But, like, w- what I don't think we realized was, like, how long this show takes to get to its status quo. Oh, boy. So, like, we picked two episodes that we're going to talk about, but they don't really get to, like, what the actual show is – Really, ultimately, about and like what the week to week is about it at all.
1: Uh huh. The show has a clear premise, and that premise is not <laughs> e- elaborated upon in these first two episodes. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, the reason being, I think, is because it's it's so convoluted the way like what they're getting to. Um. Okay. I'm not just gonna give, like people guessing. I was just gonna like kind of lay out what the premise of the show yeah. is, and then we'll just kind of be working backwards from these two episodes because they never get to it anyway. So when like yeah if you listen to our last episode the end of it was basically it said like next time like spider-man basically is like meeting like digimon and pokemon um you wouldn't guess that from these episodes but you can sort of glean it from like the opening of it mm-hmm. essentially like what they're doing is they're making the avengers like mons like in the same way that like the Digimon monsters and Pokemon monsters are where they're like partner superheroes that the kids have control over and these superheroes are like trapped in these uh discs devices that the kids have to use and the kids eventually end up like specifically coded only to certain types of superheroes and they can only release these superheroes for a certain short amount of time so like I was the,
1: wondering. Yeah.
2: So the stakes <laughs> of the show are that, like, all the, not all of the world's superheroes, but a big chunk of the major superheroes are essentially out of commission and can only be temporarily released by these kids because they were specifically coded to them. So, like, the ultimate goal of the show is to find all the superheroes that were trapped in these discs by the villains and, like, find some way to permanently release them. But in the meantime, they have to have these kids that are, like, partnered with them To like fight crime with them by releasing them at certain times um, until they can like figure out a solution to all this. Instead of
1: just making a superhero Avengers anime. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's 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 literally like gotta catch them all. Like, got to catch them all, but with superheroes and Uh supervillains. So I know that they – I mean, there's points – I think they, like, travel around the world or at least the Marvel Universe because a lot of different superheroes outside of the main team are are in these discs. But it's so funny
1: because, like, they didn't just make an Avengers show, but then they also didn't just make a show about kids where, like, the superheroes are actually robots or – like – they, they made this, where, like, the superheroes are actual real living people, but they're just trapped inside discs.
2: Like. Yeah, which is, like, a nightmare. <laughs> they're real. Like, some of them are just, like, like, Captain America is just, like, a regular guy with, like, a yeah. super strength. Iron Man is just a regular guy in a suit. And they're permanently, like, digitally trapped in this, like tiny, like, device where I don't know if they're conscious all the time. I know that they will occasionally come out as little, like, tiny, cute little holograms. So, and, like, the whole shtick is, like, they're paired with certain kids and their personalities may or may not clash. So you can already see this established in these two episodes, like mm-hmm. what the kids are, what their flaws are, how the superheroes are probably going to chase them and grow. It's like the typical Digimon format. Like I get that part of it. And that's kind of what I'm most excited to see how they kind of play the superheroes with the kids and let the kids have character development. I think that that's probably like a probably the strong suit of the show. It's just like, there's such a convoluted route that they had to take to get to this point. The fact that they basically have the Marvel universe as we know it, and then had to like craft in this convoluted story to to make it this genre of anime, yeah. rather than just starting it in its own universe, right? Where the maybe like I can even see it. How being, do you like,
1: fit the entire universe into these discs?
2: <laughs> right. Like I could have seen a version of this that's, that was like a Digimon Tamers thing, where it was like they're in a universe where Marvel superheroes are fictional. But then, like, the the video game versions of them, like, they're simulations that, like, come to life or something that the kids have access to. Sure. Or something like that. Or or an, a villain escapes into the real world or whatever. Maybe that's too much like Digimon. But the thing is a lot like Digimon <laughs> as it stands. They just had to take a lot of weird pathways to get to that.
1: Yeah. Play. Oh, so strange.
2: Yeah. It's a fascinating show. Oh, laying yeah. That, <laughs> laying all that out up front because it's not going to even – like, it. that's not really spelled out in these episodes. You're going to be like, what are they talking about? That's <laughs> that's what all of this is like the goal that these episodes are trying to get towards. Right. It doesn't really get to it until like episode like four or five or six or whatever where bonkers. they're actually like, here's our world. Here are the rules. Here's our team. These episodes instead are just like utterly bonkers and chaotic and ridiculous but they're really fun
1: oh yeah no i yes yes i i like them i was so hype <laughs> like yeah like really into it Yes. I just had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Which is fun when you go beat by beat, let me tell you. <laughs> all right.
2: <laughs> Thank you for your hard work on these show notes, Doug, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh, it was it was exercise. It was just exercise, right? Okay. So let's, without further ado, uh, let's dive into these. Yeah. There's two of them. I actually don't think the summarizing itself is going to take all that much time because it is sort of hectic, and so uh, I... Don't know that it's super beneficial to like dissect a ton of it, but there are a lot of characters introduced and certainly a lot to react to. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, we're covering the first two. The first episode of Marvel Disc Wars: The Avengers is called "The Mightiest of Heroes," and the synopsis per the TV Tokyo website is as follows: Disc is a justice gadget developed for the capture of the evil villains Akira and Hikaru. Sons of disc developer Dr. Akatsuki attend the disc debut ceremony held in New York with the Avengers, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hulk, and Wasp in attendance. Evil Loki appears (laughs) that's funny, Evil Loki. Not good, not good, Loki. <laughs> Evil Loki appears there, releasing a surprising number of villains from the discs that he shouldn't have. The fierce battle between hero and villain begins now.
2: Yeah, sorry about that. That was a so the IMDb description. Uh, I mean, like, well, th- they barely exist, like, because IMDb is a mess. <laughs> but I found like the original like TV Tokyo website where this aired on, and just ran it through Google Translate and clean it up. A little bit, like to try to make it more comprehensible, but still wanted to keep that flair because it is a yeah, Japanese well, description, so you it's going to be fun.
1: I didn't do it justice. I, I, I this this was supposed to be, I think, read like an announcer. So let me let here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, let me give it a shot. Okay. <laughs> Disc is a justice gadget developed for the capture of the evil villains. Akira and Hikaru, sons of disc developer Dr. Akatsuki, attend the disc debut ceremony held in New York with the Avengers. Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hulk, and Wasp are in attendance. Evil Loki appears there, releasing a surprising number of villains from discs that he shouldn't have. The fierce battle between hero and villain begins now! Nice.
2: Nice. (laughs) Gotta love those uh gotta love those those Japanese excited Japanese descriptions. Right. I feel like Uh, that's probably how it
1: was meant to be presented.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, disc is a justice gadget. I love it I'm so. <laughs> I, know, so right? I love it so much. A
1: justice gadget. All justice should be done in the form of gadgets. Yeah. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. At least according to Google Translate. I don't know how. I know that that's not always accurate. So I think it's pretty not. accurate. But it seems I think I like the term, so I yeah. want to keep it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm for it.
2: Either way, this originally aired in Japan on April 2nd, 2014. Um, It's written by, I love this guy's name, King Ryu. Yeah, what? uh, How do I get a name like that? The coolest name in the world. What's even cooler is Mr. King Rio. He was in charge of this what they call series organization, which I think is like story editor, showrunner, or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He wrote the majority of the episodes. But what's super cool, he had no previous credits in the entertainment <laughs> industry at all. First entertainment credit, he comes in with this ball and name and is like, yo, Marvel's like the biggest thing in the world right now. I'm going to write your show, man.
1: <laughs> that has to be how it happened. Right. He was just like, I'm King Ryu and I'm writing your show. And they were like, all right. <laughs> yep, yep. That's bonkers.
2: I know. And this isn't, and it wasn't, I fact checked that. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Oh, he only has that one IMDb credit or whatever. Like, no, I looked up like articles and press releases about when yeah. the show came out. And they specifically specifically call out, I think it says on the Wikipedia page, actually like this guy had no previous credits. Like, I don't understand how that happened, and I want to know. I want to know about him.
1: <laughs> he was released from a disc and just immediately got to work. <laughs>
2: apparently, apparently, he has since worked since then. Um, the only other major credit I think I found from him was that he started writing for Dragon Ball Super, um, which there's a lot of crossover with with Dragon Ball on this show.
1: Pretty big deal.
2: Uh huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he impressed somebody. That's for sure hmm Well, this episode is directed by Hideki Hiroshima, um, who also directed on Tenchi Muyo, Guy King, Legend of Daiku Maryu, uh Santo Seiya Omega, Sailor Moon Crystal, and Dragon Ball Super. There it is mm-hmm. again.
2: Mm-hmm. All major everybody on this show has worked on pretty major stuff, so Yeah. Definitely like not a production they they skimped on, I feel like. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of like not skimping on stuff, they didn't oh, skip on the characters in this. my
1: Gosh. Okay. So there are so it's okay. It's an Avengers show. So there's a whole team, but mm-hmm. then it's an Avengers show where they're all captured inside of discs. Each one being held by a member of another team. So there's a second team of children. And then everybody has two voice actors because they have a Japanese voice actor and an English voice actor. So we're not going to like get deep into a lot of these people. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to touch on stuff that's relevant um, and then maybe geek out about particular folks, but we're going to do our best here. Mm -hmm. All right. So the kids, the kids that we have talked about who are the holders of the discs main character, as we sort of understand it from, from the beginning is Akira Akatsuki, who is one of the sons of the doctor who helped develop the disc system in Japan. He's portrayed by Mitsuki Saiga, who voices like a bajillion characters across a bajillion anime. And one of those credits is Maria Ross from Full Metal Alchemist, which is kind of a big one. Akira's voice actors both are in a lot of stuff. Um, Not all of the voice actors from this show have like extensive credits, um, but they definitely gave the main character two very, very prolific uh, voice actors. Also interesting, because this is connected to Toei um, and naturally connected to tokusatsu, there are a lot of nice little tokusatsu connections in here too, mm. which is fun. So uh, Mitsuki Saiga also voices the monster um, Utakasane in Samurai Sentai Shinkenger, which is the counterpart to Power Rangers Samurai's villain Splitface, <laughs> which is the monster that has like a bunch of mouths that all break apart into like little mouths. creepy. (laughs) Yikes. And then the English voice actor for Akira is Veronica Taylor, who, wow, uh, (laughs) is the voice, like the original voice of Ash Ketchum and a voice that so many people are really, really still very attached to because she, you know, was only the voice of Ash for the first eight seasons. And I still run into people who are like, it's so hard watching the show because like it's not the original voice which you know I have issues but that it means that she left that massive impression on people that people still gosh like 12 years later well over a decade later are like ah there's just something that's not the same yeah (laughs) interesting yeah fun fact that I didn't even realize is that she also voices her own mother on that show because she's both Ash and Ash's mom
2: weird (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) Uh, She's also been in a ton of other stuff like uh, Slayers, Berserk, Dragon Ball Super, Sailor Moon, yada, 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 yada.
2: Cool, 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 cool. Well, other main character, um, uh, Akira's brother Hikaru, he's portrayed by uh, Yuichi Yaguchi in Japanese and Steve Staley in English. Ooh, this is interesting. Uh, Yuichi appears in supporting her ensemble roles in a number of properties, uh, but I think the main thing that if you know Toku stuff, he voices the Gatton Bugster. Is that how you pronounce Is that how you say that? Gatton Bugster. Yeah, that's, in,
1: yeah.
2: Cool. In uh, Kamen Rider X-Aid. I don't know much about Kamen Rider, but I know that there's a lot of people who Ooh. do. So X-Aid that's cool. X-Aid is one of
1: the ones I've watched.
2: Oh, nice! I, nice. I
1: don't know what the I don't remember which one is the Gaton Bugster. It's like a monster of the week, but in Common Rider, the monsters of the week actually tend to last like two or three episodes on a pretty frequent basis. So, gotcha. Cool. Yeah, cool. Cool.
2: Yeah. Well, in his uh, English counterpart, Steve Staley, voices, characters, in a number of English anime dubs, um, including Naruto, Bleach, Sailor Moon, and in the Digimon franchise.
1: Yes, indeed. One of the children who I think is American.
2: Um, Everybody with they're... an American name, I think, is supposed to be American. I think okay. actually only Akira and Hikaru are Japanese because they're like the transplants from Japan coming to America okay. in the show.
1: That makes sense to me. That's kind of what I assumed. But they, what's weird is they don't really ever, in this show, say, like, probably because it's just Japan and America. Like, they don't have the moment where they're like, I'm from America, (laughs) which I feel like happens in a lot of anime. But I guess the setting for most of these episodes is the United States, so they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, In any case, one of the three American children on the team is named Edward Grant. He's, like, a little... Little sort of nerdy kid um, <laughs> who is portrayed by Yayoi Sugaya in Japan and Tara Sands in English. Yayoi Sugaya has only a handful of credits, um, including voices in the recent Fire Emblem games, I think the past two um, she's done voices in And then Tara Sands is the voice of Kari In Digimon Adventure Tri mm-hmm. um, As well as Book Haiba In Yu-Gi-Oh And a number of voices for Pokemon Critters In the Pokemon franchise Such as the original Bulbasaur
2: Nice yeah. Nice uh, now another American kid, the the brood, the stereotypical anime broody one. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Taylor. Uh, in Japan he's portrayed by Yusuke Kuwahada in, uh, in Japanese and Ben Diskin in English. Hey. Uh, Yusuke Kouahata has about a dozen and a half credits, including a handful of minor roles in the Wolverine anime. So has a Marvel connection there. Ben Diskin, meanwhile, is someone you should probably know the uh, name of because we know him very well as the voice of Spectacular Spider-Man's Eddie Brock and Venom, um, as well as just like a ton of other characters across a lot of Spider-Man animated series and plenty of other shows as well.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. And then the final American child uh, on the team is Jessica Shannon, the girl. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Portrayed by Naomi Ozora in Japanese and Danielle Judovitz in English. Disc Wars uh, is is a very early role for Naomi Ozora. I think she is only been in voice acting for like the past six years or so so she's relatively new but danielle judovitz is a bit more experienced she's the voice of 1010 in the naruto franchise barbara gordon in 2005's the batman series kitty pride in wolverine and the x-men and min in the wolverine anime so another connection to uh, more marvel anime Um, In addition to plenty of other roles, she's done.
2: Nice, nice. And moving on to the main Avengers team that we follow here, Tony Stark slash Iron Man. He's portrayed by Ieji Hanawa in Japanese and Matthew Mercer in English. Um, So Eiji has a few dozen credits, including for series like Death Note and Naruto, uh, while Matthew Mercer has a number of voice credits, but uh, it's probably like most recognizable to folks currently on the live action tabletop web series Critical Role. He actually serves as the uh, GM slash Game Master for that.
1: Yes, um, I've never actually watched that, but I was kind of like blown away when I saw, because I didn't know that he did voice acting. So when I was like looking at these credits and I was like, surely that couldn't be the same Matthew Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is. <laughs>
2: That's cool. Yeah, I That's, had no. I've never, I've never watched it either. But I mean, I know a lot of people are into that. I had oh, no idea yeah. that the people that were on that were like voice actors because there's like yeah. another one who's who is related to that mm-hmm. on this list too.
1: Yeah, well, there's there's another one related to that show, and then another, a, a third one who was on a Star Wars tabletop that I watched on another Twitch channel. So wow, um, weird. yeah, kind of cool. It's like weird being able to see behind the curtain of some of these these like L.A. aspiring but also actually actors' lives. You know what I mean? And like the crossover that happens on some of these sort of new media endeavors
2: pretty neat. that's so interesting yeah i mean i remember it blew my mind when um christina v like i yeah. thought i thought i first knew who she was from hyperforce from power rangers hyperforce and then i realized like no she's i've seen her in other dubs she yep. was in the digimon dub too like i never and it's never like put two and two together it was so it's so wild yeah to, yeah like you said they kind of see them on these like like cross media like that things that we have like streaming online mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's 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 so cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) Um, Well, if we're talking about the Avengers, especially in 2019, we're going to talk about Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers. And in Japan, he is portrayed by Kazuhiro Nakaya, and in English, portrayed by Roger Craig Smith. Familiar? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kazuhiro Nakaya has about a dozen and a half voice credits, many of which are actually for video game franchises, such as, again, Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy. And Roger Craig Smith is someone we have recently talked about. Through Marvel Rising mm. because yes, he is the voice of Captain America, but Beh. also more importantly, Roger Craig Smith is the voice of Doreen's hot dad.
0: Ooh.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I do think it's pretty cool that for this production that never made it to the United States, um, (laughs) they are using actors who play these superheroes in other shows that are aired in the
2: United States. I think it's very cool. Nice bit of synergy for sure. Yeah,
1: So I I do look forward to seeing um, Doreen's hot anime dad. (laughs) Um, I expect it must be coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, yes. So Uh, uh, look out
2: for that. Yes, Dorian's Barra, daddy. I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Moving on, uh, Thor is portrayed by uh, Yasuyuki Kaze, I guess you pronounce that? In Japanese and Travis Willingham in English, Yasuyuki Kaze has provi- uh, provided a, like a lot of voice roles in a lot of like long-running anime franchises. So things like Bleach and One Piece and Full Metal Alchemist and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and like lots of other ones. So definitely a very prominent one. While in English, Travis Willingham he has provided the English voice of Roy Mustang in both of the uh, Full Metal Alchemist iterations. He's also a cast member on both seasons of Critical Role. So another Critical Role guy
1: yeah you know i haven't gotten into critical role because it's a little intimidating just like the sheer size of it um as sure. far as like fan base and how deep into that they are already but i'm i'm actually kind of intrigued knowing that like the voice of roy mustang is I one know. of the cast members
2: that's <laughs> wild like because that's not that's it's not like that was just like a little underground anime like I'm... nope it was so, <laughs> so
1: good they did it twice oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of big things, um, <laughs> Bruce Banner <laughs> Bruce Banner, and the Hulk uh, are portrayed in Japanese by Kenichiro Matsuda and in English by Fred Tadashori. Um, Kenichiro Matsuda is the voice of Bato in a series of Ghost in the Shell Arise films. It's like four one hour films. And I, I admittedly, I'm not entirely sure how they connect to the original Ghost in the Shell or if they do at all. But fun tokusatsu connection. Kenichiro Matsuda is also um, one of the folks that provides voice work for the Cambrima foot soldiers in Juden Sentai Kyoryuger, um, which are called spike balls (laughs) in the Power Rangers Dino Supercharge Adaptation. Sure. I had no idea they were called spike balls. I
2: feel like they didn't say that on screen.
1: If they said that in the show, I didn't notice
2: somehow. I feel like you would have remembered if they said spike balls. And they're like to grunts. The so
1: they show up a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah. Spike balls. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Anyway.
1: Um, <laughs> Fred Tatasciore is uh, super prolific, actually. Um, who has voiced Hulk in a number of Marvel animated properties and video games. I think he's frequently tapped to do sort of like monstrous characters or bigger characters, sort of like deeper or gravelly type characters. That's kind of what it looks like. Characters mm-hmm. maybe that scream a lot. Mm-hmm. He has over 700 voice credits, and I'm a, I'm kind of shocked that we've never encountered him over the course of like 20 yeah. episodes.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't really understand that either. It's
1: Yeah, it's kind of baffling. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like a, a voice actor whose name I recognize just because I felt like it came up a lot. But uh, I had to go back and search our notes to see if he'd ever popped up. And he hasn't.
2: Interesting. That is mm-hmm. so interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, our, the one girl Avenger to uh, pair up with the one girl kid. Interesting um, choice, by the way. It, is an
1: interesting choice. It's not who you're thinking if you're at home, guessing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I, I feel like I know why, though. So Janet Van Dyne slash the Wasp is the, the the lone woman Avenger that they choose for the main core team. Mm-hmm. Um, she's portrayed by uh, Kaori Mizuhashi in Japanese and Colleen Villard in English. Uh, Kaori Mizuhashi also voices Wasp in the Marvel anime series, Future Avengers, uh, which I think is the one that you were referencing earlier on yeah. that no one talks about, apparently. Yeah, the one that like <laughs>
1: got renewed for a second season that no one talks about and is really difficult to find information about. Interesting. Like, I should also point out that there may or may not be a bunch of crossover with that show and these voices. I'm just only confident that she is one <laughs> of them.
2: <laughs> Man. Like anime isn't like and like p- people know anime like why are these shows I so no so like in their own little bubble it seems like because it's like it's not only anime it's anime of like a major international yeah. property like you think that there would be plenty of information out there on right. these things
1: well and we we're you know we try not to include stuff that we can't verify and so there might be people listening to this who are like of course so and so is the vote well i i want to be sure so yeah <laughs> this yeah. one i'm sure about other ones You find contradictory information, and so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to confuse people too much.
2: Yeah. When I do, I implore people, like, because I know that there are major, like, anime buffs out there that probably know where to find some of this information better than we might I I mean I feel like we were decent enough at searching that we would have come upon stuff but like if you know something that we don't know please let us know (laughs) because I I I so want to learn more about this show than I already know yeah we want to know
1: I I tried to go you know when I was looking for voices and trying to verify stuff I was trying to go to sources on the internet that were specifically about anime series and voices and stuff like that and it's still not always clear so
2: yeah yeah but
1: yeah I, future avengers i uh, i also kind of want to check out because that's another one that looks like it has just like some kids thrown in and you're like why are there <laughs> kids course. like just have superheroes in anime <laughs> <laughs> of course um <laughs>
2: uh, well Wasps um english voice actor colleen villard aka colleen o'shaughnessy is probably how a lot of people know her because she's she's been around for a long time she um she also voices wasps and a number wasp uh, this is wasp plural? Uh, <laughs> she voices she does... an
1: entire swarm of wasps on a frequent <laughs> basis. <laughs> swarm.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, I guess she does voice multiple wasps technically because she voices wasp in a number of Marvel animated series and video games. But uh, I, the one that I knew her from is, is Sora in Digimon Adventure. Mm-hmm. And, and I think she's always come back as Sora in every other Digimon Adventure um, re- uh, iteration as well. Very cool. Which is very cool. She's one of one of the few that's like in every single, every time Sora appears, she's always been Sora. Hmm. She's also Tails and Sonic Boom and a number of voices across the Naruto franchise and many, many others. She's a pretty, pretty well-known anime voice actor for sure.
1: She's a big deal. Mm-hmm. This one's funny. I mean, we're going to talk, this is Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But what's funny <laughs> is um, one thing that, that, I don't know if you ran into the same thing, but I I would keep running into um websites or lists that were not technically fan castings but sort of like speculative casting or like rumored casting or people being like we don't have the actual dub so we think that it's so and so (laughs) well one that i one that i ran into many many times was citing drake bell as the voice of peter parker and i was like you just wish it was drake bell it's very obviously not drake bell it's an yeah. entirely different person
2: <laughs> yeah it's that's that's fascinating because yeah because if you I mean you can watch the clips online and it's clearly robbie i mean they do they have robbie damon and drake bell have similar voices and the way that like drake bell performed as spider-man like in ultimate spider-man like i can there's definitely like similarities
1: but like, but, like as like, people they're not people you would necessarily mistake for one another
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and you can tell that it's robbie damon in the clips that i watched for sure so yeah. that's weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it
1: was a lot of like wishful thinking on the part of some of these, and they were mm-hmm. they were lists that were like partially correct, partially incorrect. So like maybe they saw certain things and not other things. I have no idea, but it was really mm-hmm. funny how many times I kept running into Drake Bell as Peter Parker. I was like, no, he's
2: and I not. guess <laughs> I guess in 2014 he was in Ultimate Spider-Man at the time. That's probably so. Why. I guess it would make sense to think that. Yeah. So actually, this is kind of funny then because I think that must mean. That this Robbie Damon, this was the first time he played Spider-Man before before he was Spider-Man in the main Marvel show that's out now. That's fascinating, actually.
1: Oh, that's really
2: bizarre. (laughs) I didn't even think about that.
1: Yeah. So, okay, we've already mentioned that Robbie Damon is the English voice actor for Peter Parker and Spider-Man and that he's the voice of Peter Parker and Spider-Man in the current Spider-Man animated series, which, yeah, would be a few years after this. Very strange. But then here's something that's actually pretty cool. The Japanese voice actor for Peter Parker and Spider-Man is Shinji Kawade, um, who is the Japanese voice of Peter Parker and Spider-Man in the Japanese dub of the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series, which (laughs) would have been dubbing over Drake Bell.
2: (laughs) That's really funny.
1: So that's probably, yeah, that's probably a big part of it, too, is like, oh, well, these two just dubbed over each other. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just realized Robbie Damon is also another Digimon connection because he he was the new voice of Joe in Digimon Tri. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cool and that makes sense why he would have been brought in for an anime show because Drake Bell probably cost a, a, a decent amount of money and they're not going to bring him in just to like dub a show makes that's sense. not even going to make it over to America apparently so yeah so I think Robbie Damon probably was already acting in, in anime at the time makes sense yeah yeah the other two uh, other uh, couple of characters that we have that are like main characters in this episode the the father of uh, Akira and Hikaru uh, Nozumo Akatsuki is portrayed by Hideyuki Hori in Japanese and Keith Silverstein in English.
1: Hideyuki Hori provided the voice for Great Swordman Zuban uh, in Gogo Sentai Bokanger, which another Sentai Tokusatsu connection, which is exciting. That character is the one that was adapted into Sentinel Knight in Power Rangers Operation Overdrive. Underused.
2: Uh well definitely in Operation Overdrive. Was he underused in the Sentai too? Because I've never no, seen I don't think
1: it. so. Well, I haven't watched Bokenger, but I don't think we used a whole lot of uh Great Swordman Zubon, but maybe I'm just I don't know, maybe I'm wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah, he definitely was underused in uh, Operation Overdrive though. Yeah. Um one of that season's many Oof. Flaws, as many <laughs> Power Rangers fans would say. Um, <laughs> his, uh, his his English counterpart, Keith Silverstein, he's known for a bunch of roles, too. Um, he's known for uh, Naruto, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, and Hunter x Hunter, um, as well as appearing on Hyper RPGs, Star Wars Tabletop, Pencils, and Parsecs.
1: Yeah, which I guess is like second degree tokusatsu third degree tokusatsu connection This <laughs> <'Cause> hyper <laughs> rpg is the channel that hosted uh power rangers Hyperforce.
2: yeah yeah lots of lots of lots of sentai connections yeah. both direct and tangential in this yes
1: <laughs> um hey pepper Potts is in this series
2: yeah i think she has a pretty i think she has a pretty big role throughout the entire show too sure which is seems really cool like it, right? yeah yeah
1: um i like her too <laughs> mm-hmm. i like that they made her pepper Potts as well because i i I know that this is a an established franchise, but I I don't think I would have been that surprised if they just decided to like make a new female character for no reason <laughs> yeah. to be in this spot. So I'm I'm glad that they kept her. I don't know why I was like afraid that they wouldn't for some reason, mm. but anyway, um, Pepper Potts is portrayed by Fumi Mizusawa in Japanese and Ali Hillis in English. Um, Fumi Mizusawa is the voice of Juliet in the anime adaptation series Romeo and Juliet. And appears in a number of Precure series and films. She also voices a ton of characters in a ton of properties. I think she's pretty pretty prolific. And then Allie Hillis provides a number of voices in video games, including Liara Tassani in the Mass Effect series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lightning in the Final Fantasy series.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And get this, Felicia Hardy in the 2012 Amazing Spider-Man video game.
2: Huh. interesting. Yeah. Actually, she would make a good. She would make a good Felicia Hardy. I could see that.
1: Well, I don't know for sure. You might know this. Does Black Cat appear in this series? I don't know why she
2: would. I never played any of the Amazing Spider-Man games. I have no idea. No, I mean idea. the
1: series we're talking about.
2: Oh, <laughs> like, in this? Actually, no. They I don't know. could just tap into
1: Ally Hillis again. I don't think she would.
2: Right? I don't uh, but I Unless
1: they explicitly needed more female characters to showcase little-
2: Potentially. The little but the little I've read ahead, there are some randos that you wouldn't expect popping up in this show throughout it, so
1: sure. there are a lot of rando villains in this show uh, that I would yeah. never have guessed.
2: Yeah. Speaking of villains, this isn't really a rando villain. It is kind of weird that he's the main villain, but I guess it makes sense considering this came out. They were Two definitely years producing after. this right after <laughs> they were definitely producing this right after the Avengers movie, so yeah. Um, Loki is kind of like our main big bad. At least, like, it seems like he is at the front of the series. He's portrayed in Japan by Tadashi Mutuo in Japanese and Crispin Freeman in English. Tadashi is only just, like, kind of a light spattering of credits um, in addition to this one. So not a whole lot. Which is wild
1: considering he's, like, the main villain of this show. Yeah. Or at least appears to be. I guess I don't know. It's anime, so there's probably a bigger bad.
2: But... Yeah, at least at this point. I'm sure for, like, a, a solid arc of it, um, right. at least he's a main villain. Um, conversely, though, Crispin Freeman is his <laughs> English voice, and he's done, like, everything. Um, <laughs> one of the main yep. things we've talked about was uh, Max Dillon slash Electro in Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, we've talked about him a lot in his first appearance as well. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's also another Digimon connection, so.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah. there, are, yeah, there are some folks in there that we've, we've – talked uh, a decent amount about looks like a lot of spectacular spider-man connections so hey you should watch spectacular spider-man it's free and we covered the whole first season and it's really good yes. so go do that
2: yes we did <laughs> yes you should definitely do that <laughs> please, please, huh. please. Oh, man i'm so glad we got past all those names
1: oh uh, my <laughs> gosh <laughs> so many characters but really good people behind them
2: I know, right? Sorry if we butchered your name, guys, (laughs) Uh, if you're listening. (laughs) So let's dive into this show because it's. I mean, it's been fun so far, but this is where the fun really is because yes. a lot of crazy stuff's happening here. So the series opens up, it actually opens up with like a really brief snippet of the action to come because the first episode doesn't have a ton of like standard action in it. Yeah. So I think they wanted to kind of show like, hey, this is what you're in for. Um, so it's a pretty like action scene that we really don't really know what's going on um, with the main Avengers, so like Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and Wasp yeah. fighting random villains and mooks and stuff like that. Yes. Yes. And then we get to, like, kind of one of the best parts of the show so far is the opening theme.
1: (laughs) Yo, this opening theme is so good.
2: (laughs) The opening and closing songs are amazing. I love both of them, but the opening theme especially, so good.
1: I had it stuck in my head at work today. Like, it's so good.
2: (laughs) Right? Right? It's great. And it's,
1: it's actually done by an artist who does the current... Common Rider theme as well, and it has a pretty nice. similar vibe to like the type of opening theme you would expect from a Common Rider show, which is like live action aimed at like preteen boys. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and and this kind of like fits into that same vibe, mm-hmm. and I I just it kind of pumps me up. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I really really good. like it. I sought out uh, the the video on YouTube so I could save it and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> And then another fun fact about the person who performs this, he actually will return to voice a character, uh, Silver Samurai, f- in the future episodes of the series.
2: TM Revolution. Yes. Such a cool, I love the name too. <laughs> yes,
1: TM Revolution um, is the one who performs this theme and he performs with a collaborator named Just J Just for the Common sure. Rider theme. Um, and TM Revolution is the one that, that voices Silver Samurai
2: nice nice. yeah oh, i love it i love it it's so good it slaps slaps it AM. does <laughs> <laughs> and actually and i mean it's the opening theme also pretty clearly like displays what the show is all about too I mean, Thank it's an anime it's an anime opening so it makes sense but like it's even more needed here uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty explicit like here are the five kids here are the five heroes they're partnered with this is these are the things they do to activate them like there yeah. you go Normally Crash I course. wouldn't
1: watch the theme, the fir- you know, for the first episode of a show. I try not to because I feel like it shows stuff that I don't want to see yet. But in this one, it's almost like prerequisite viewing. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, you know, I get the I, – I mean – Again, it's kind of standard for kids' anime and any kind of, like, Japanese kid stuff where they'll have these little, like, eye catches and, and beginning yeah. and ending things that, like, show you um, just, like, random snippets or whatever. Uh, but I feel like it's – I feel like they were even more intentional with it because not only do we get this flash forward in the beginning before the opening theme, then be- also before the opening theme, and they have this every episode, is they have, like – one of the, the, I think, like um stock um uh, clips of the kids, like, de smashing their discs. Yes. Um, so you get. Yeah, which, again, we don't actually see in context <laughs> in these episodes because they don't get to that point yet. Yep. So they show that, and then they still, at the end of the episodes, they have a little of a like. Who is who of characters and, um, and the preview of the next episode. So, it's sort of like yeah. they're absolutely like padding as much as they can to be like, no, I know that this isn't what the show is yet. This is what the show will be. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a little bit to get there because it's a weird, <laughs> convoluted yeah. story. So,
1: yep. Well, let's get into the convoluted story. I will yeah. preface this by saying that these two episodes take place almost entirely on. The raft, which is the, you know, a big prison in the Marvel universe, and then some on a helicarrier. Sometimes it's unclear as to what we're looking at. (laughs) (laughs) So um, if I misspeak, correct me. And uh, I I sometimes got confused because the raft and the helicarrier kind of look the same from the inside. Yeah. So anyway, most of it takes place in those two locations, but it starts off in Japan, right? Yeah. Settings for these... Not not always super clear. So yeah. the episode starts with that action shot, but then after the theme we get sort of like a school classroom scene where the bell rings. We learn that it's the last day before spring break. Um, they've just taken their spring exams. And Akira um, rushes to get out of the school because he's scheduled to meet up with his brother Hikaru um, before the two of them are set to attend a Stark International press conference on the raft, which is that island prison. Um, Mm -hmm. We learn briefly that their dad has been away from their lives for two years working for Stark. Um, So they're pretty pumped about getting to see him <laughs> kind of weird uh, it, Akira
2: is like pretty like kind of just kind of cheerfully like yeah you know even after our mom died like you never like reached out to us you never came uh-huh. for birthdays or holidays but it's cool we get to see him now and it's like ooh, kid you are definitely repressing <laughs> you are oh so, yes. repressing. so much repression
1: yes it's it's like it's kind of devastating but also like makes sense in a terrible way. If Mm -hmm. you know Tony Stark from especially the MCU, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because like basically their dad has been working for Tony Stark. And I feel like that's like, (laughs) it's just like imprisoned in a lab somewhere working for Tony Stark. Yeah. Like he's been wrapped into this sort of obsessive development that you would expect from Tony Stark, but that we don't typically see in our recent mainstream media extending to his employees like he doesn't really have employees that we see at least in the movies
2: yeah well because we don't really get to we don't see much of his like day-to-day business stuff because the movies obviously are about the superhero side of things so it's a really interesting take on it and i do think that that's something that's unique about this show is because this is sort of like being able to sort of see what the superhero world is like from the standard public on the ground yeah um and what happens when they get involved in it and i and i am curious to see If that aspect of it, like, the fact that Akira's father, the the reason he was absent and the reason that, like, all of this happens ultimately in the show is kind of because of Tony Stark. And then, like, spoiler, like, Akira gets partnered with Tony Stark. I wonder if that's going to be kind of a schism in their relationship as they grow.
1: That makes sense.
2: Because this isn't – it's not really us just reading between the lines either. Like, Akira has a pretty – cathartic moment in i think it's the episode after this with his dad um or maybe it's maybe it's this one i don't remember we'll get to it when we get to it but like it this this the weirdness of like their relationship does get called out
1: yes yes for sure so yeah they, they're on their way to, to to go to this presentation they're excited because they get to see their dad not necessarily because there's a presentation <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um i know it's
1: just like a weird thing to process but In any case, that's where they're headed. On his way to meet up with his brother, Akira sees a small child like in a crowd crying and is faced with a dilemma of whether to rush and be on time or to help the small child. He chooses to help the small child. So we kind of learn early on that he has heroic qualities. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's the kind of person who has some selflessness in him, has principles, cares a lot about. You know, whatever values he holds,
2: so. Yeah. So when he does finally meet up with his brother, Hikaru, well, he does this by, like, I think it's one of his friends that he sees, and he's like, oh, no, I'm going to be late. Oh, <laughs> hey, friend, can I borrow your roller skates, which he's going to be taking to another country, It's so, yeah. like, how are you going to get it back to the, uh, to get you're borrowing it from? I think that was a lie. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever intended to give him back. But nope. he borrows this, this kid's roller blades to, uh, to get to the, uh, the, the airport faster. Yes. So he does do that. When he gets to the airport, he does like a really cool, like jumping move over the stairs, and of course, like lands and falls and uh, scrapes his scrapes his knee. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: (laughs) So he's heroic, but maybe he's also a little bit rash.
2: Yeah, he's kind of your standard like goggle head hot hot head like there is in Digimon. He even is like dressed in red, like which is always the color (laughs) of like the Digimon protagonist. So it's like it's pretty. It's a pretty standard archetype, but. But it, I mean, it works and it actually makes sense that he would be teamed up with Tony Stark, who is also like a hothead yeah. kind of been in a different way. So yeah. it, it, it'll definitely lead to an interesting dynamic. But yeah, so he does that. And, it, but, and all of it doesn't matter anyway because they've already missed their boarding for their scheduled flight.
1: Yes. In the wake of missing their boarding, um, they're trying to figure out like what the best way to get there is. But before they even figure anything out, they're approached by a woman named Pepper Potts, and she Mm. shares with them that they'll be taking a private jet to their destination, which is very exciting for two teenage boys.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are very excited. Now, on the flight, Pepper explains that the boy's father has been working on a very important project called, and they do like a a, a zoom-in close-up of her mouth whis- whispering <laughs> the name Disks. Except she says it with, uh, like, Disks. Di- I can't, I don't remember the, the way that it's, like, pronounced disk-u. in the, like, the Japanese. Yeah, like, "discus." <laughs> it's so yes. it's so good. It's so tr- overly dramatic, but, like, unnecessary. Like, imagine <laughs> imagine if you are just having a casual conversation with someone, and then, like, she's just in the middle of talking, and it's just like, yeah, we're working on a project called Disks. <laughs> yes.
1: And yeah, that is pretty much what happens. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Before she can really explain what the D school are, <laughs> we're going to say it that way from now on. Tony Stark actually interrupts her uh, via a video call, but not just a video call, like an entire wall of television screens video call. And she introduces him as president of Stark International, one of the world's leading millionaires, genius physicist, social paragon, and a sexy bearded nice guy. (laughs) But hesitantly.
2: That was was the first time I was like, I feel like maybe this isn't an official sub, (laughs) but also it would kind of work sexy yeah, bearded nice yeah, guy <laughs> unclear
1: it could be what they say i don't know <laughs>
2: <laughs> also um i kind of like hate slash love that tony's nickname immediately for the two japanese kids are samurai boys
1: oh my Because gosh. like
2: this is made in japan so i feel like that's exactly the kind of like jackass like unintentionally racist thing like some jerk american would say I I like to be like you're japanese. that yeah, and and they keep it in, in the in the American clips that I watched. There's a, a there's a point where he calls them samurai boys again, and oh that boy. so they keep it in the dub. But and like I hate it, but I also think think it makes sense, like from a Japanese perspective, because it's yeah. like. No, dude, like, a stupid American would yeah. absolutely think that that would be a very clever thing to call a pair of Japanese boys and think would be really cool. Yeah, no, it makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's, yeah, it's, it's commentary. It's not just, like, a, a bad joke.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it, like, fits Tony Stark's personality because, like, he's not going to really, like, he's he's a good guy, but, like, he's not going to, like, no. like give a shit about, like, what is going to come off as, like, potentially, like, a microaggression or whatever, you know? No. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs>
1: and it's this attitude that uh that prompts pepper to shut off the call <laughs> <laughs> but guess what uh tony's not too far behind he's actually flying right next to the jet he is calling from a few feet away
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. yep and just like with the uh, main like marvel cinematic universe continuity like his his secret identity is like out and well known, which I don't yes. know if this is necessarily always common in the actual Marvel comics, so they're definitely taking they're de I mean, they obviously they're taking a lot from the the MCU yes. <laughs> versions of these characters for the most part. But Yeah.
1: And he's flying next to the jet, like pretty much just to say hi. He doesn't really stick around all that much. He only does the video call and like waves through the window just to like introduce himself, say hi and just, like, be Tony Stark. So he actually flies off pretty quickly.
2: Yep. Yeah. uh, So after Iron Man flies off, Hikaru asks for some more information about the (laughs) Discus. Pepper Pepper says that she's uh, not permitted to share any details. It's classified, yada, yada, yada. But luckily... For we viewers, we cut immediately to this unknown location filled with a bunch of masked folks who are some kind of conspiracies going on. And they are talking about the (laughs) Discus, the uh, mysterious, this mysterious blonde man in like a weird mask with like a pointy nose.
1: Yeah, like a masquerade mask, not even like a full mask.
2: It's weird. I don't know who these people are. I mean, that's probably probably part of the mystery. (laughs) I bet that's part of the mystery of the show is like who's ultimately behind it. Cause it's kind of like weirdly culty and everything. So oh, yeah, I, I am interested to see like who the actual real big bad of the show ultimately is. Yeah. So he's um, helping a raft prisoner escape. By capturing them in a triangular golden disc. That's a disco. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think the prisoner he's helping is King Cobra, right? If I remember incorrectly.
0: Yes. Yes, yeah.
2: because I know why I remember. Because he has his... I love the design of King Cobra in this. Yeah. And he has this the tail. His tail, while he's standing there, is like wrapped around his legs. And it is adorable. It is the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: It's like a cat wrapping its tail around its feet when it's like just sitting there.
2: Yeah, I love it.
1: <laughs> the villain designs in this show are so cool. They really like, are. I don't love all the hero designs, but I love all the villain designs.
2: Because they really like, I think they do a good job of keeping the spirit of like the traditional American designs, but really putting a real anime villain spin mm-hmm. on all of them in a way that it, I feel like it works better for villains than it does heroes. Because yeah. like anime villains just always look really Cool, anyway. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of villains are kind of inspired by, like, anime a little bit more than than superheroes often are. So, yeah, I love it. I love his design, specifically. But all of them are great. It's very, very good.
1: But that's sort of like the first demonstration we get of what the disc can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really get an explanation. We just see that this mysterious guy digitizes and captures King Cobra. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Outside on the raft, um, a number of VIP guests and superheroes are in attendance waiting for the presentation to begin. Inside the raft, a, I think this is the raft still, right? I think so. Because they're talking about prisoners and stuff. A sort yeah. of rare, like almost Wonka-like tour is taking place. And I say that because the the children will talk about kind of how they got their tickets in sort of a Wonka-ish way. yeah. But there's, like, a tour happening. It's being led by a character who I feel like is just Greg Clark, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think it's supposed
2: to be Phil Coulson specifically yeah. because... It looks I mean, so
1: much like him.
2: And all of, all of the S.H.I.E.L.D. characters especially are definitely drawn to look like their movie counterparts.
1: Yeah. I should clarify. I don't mean Greg Clark's voice. Just Greg Clark's likeness.
2: <laughs> yeah. Is it, wait, is it Greg Clark or Clark Greg? Clark
1: that, Gre- oh, am I saying it backwards? That's hilarious. I don't,
2: but I could be wrong. I mean, it's probably
1: Clark Gregg. That seems like it makes more sense. I don't know.
2: That yes, guy. Clark Gregg. Yes, oh, it is. Oh, that's
1: Clark hilarious. Gregg. <laughs> Clark Gregg. It's Clark Gregg, everyone.
2: <laughs> there's a lot it of... It looks um, like Clark Gregg. There's a lot of, like, double first names, like Jessica Shannon. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Well, see, I was just... I was structuring his name in a more traditionally Japanese way, where I said his family name first, so... You go, we're
2: just on brand. Just yeah. keeping
1: it weeb over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> yeah, but no, you're right. They don't really like get explicit about the selection of of the kids. I mean, there's too much going on in this episode anyway. Right. It's not important. But yeah, cuz they reference like uh, one of one of the kids like bought bought her way in, another kid like only because he bought a pair of headphones mm-hmm. that was owned by by Stark Corporation, I think, like got a ticket for it. So, it's yeah. a really that's a really like interesting detail that's very underplayed. Oh yeah. But it's essentially just to like get who would normally just be your traditional everyday kid into a very, what would also be a very private special event, essentially. Yeah. It, it is like kind of a really weird, like kind of behind the scenes look of like a super powered prison. Like it's a, it's all weird. And the fact so that all this is happening in a prison is very weird. <laughs> and it, gets,
1: it will eventually get called out. <laughs>
2: it does. I'm very glad that it gets called out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because what they do is they're like on this tour and this, not identified Phil Coulson figure (laughs) basically says like, yeah, this is where we keep uh, all of our super powered criminals such as, Oh, I don't know. Green Goblin, Abomination, MODOK.
2: (laughs) What a weird pull (laughs) right? Whiplash,
1: (laughs) Tiger shark, King Cobra, and Baron Zemo. Like some of those are like, wait, where'd you get that from? And some of them are like really big deals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they just have like kids on a tour whatever
2: <laughs> <laughs> right it's like you were asking for this to go wrong oh, right yeah. oh yeah yep 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 oh my goodness um a young boy um who we learn very quickly is edward grant he's on the tour and he asks if the if if they're there because he's thinking that uh that the announcement that tony stark is supposed to be making at this presentation is going to be a new suit um in fact that's like a rumor that's going around online and he knows that because he runs a superhero fan site So so he has his uh, his finger on the pulse of superhero stuff. Um, he also makes a big deal about how his favorite superhero is Captain America. And he is hoping to meet his idol, which is an interesting setup because, again... Don't see this in the episode, but um, from the opening, it's pretty clear that his partner ends up being Hulk, um, which is like both like completely the opposite of Captain America and also like the opposite of like little tiny, like weak, nerdy kids. So definitely gonna, gonna lead to some cool character development, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I love the subtle shade that gets thrown at Tony Stark every once in a while because this (laughs) is the rumor. Like they just think that he's putting on this big production on a prison raft (laughs) to show off a new suit i think wasp makes a reference to that earlier too where she's like it's probably just a suit
2: (laughs) i didn't even think about that no you're so right yeah Yeah, because it's just like he doesn't he's just every week it's a new suit and he always it's always a big thing yeah yeah
1: so i love that everyone's just like whatever yeah well, nearby to the conversation that Edward is having with uh, maybe Agent Colson, a, n- <laughs> a girl named Jessica Shannon uh, introduces herself to our broody, you know, anime teen, Chris Taylor. <laughs> Chris refuses to share anything about himself. He's like pretty aloof and just sort of closed off. But Jessica is sort of, (laughs) Uh, she's such a, such a stereotypical one girl character in so many ways, Uh, because she goes very know-it-all in the moment and, and says like, oh, well clearly you're here because you have the latest Stark headphones. And that means you must've got the ticket because you got the headphones. And he's annoyed. And then she admits like, wow, that's really great luck because I had to spend $2 million before finding my ticket. And he's like, what the heck? Like, it's kind of a funny reaction because she's just like going and going and he's like, huh?
2: <laughs> and she even ends it with like, since I had to spend two million dollars, I'm practically broke now. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs>
1: Ay yeah, yeah. So we get a weird dynamic there. One that's going to carry throughout in that like, he finds her annoying and she is just going to like, keep trying to crack that shell, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you can kind of, kind of see where that's, where that's going pretty yeah. quickly.
2: I bet, She's his love interest, too. Well, I she is
1: the only girl. She's got
2: it. I mean, she's definitely somebody's love interest. They're right. not going to let that go. But I feel like it's going to be his. and Because I feel like it could either be the leading man or it's going to be the broody kid. Like, those are the only choices. It's not going to be anybody else.
1: If those are the options, please let it be the broody kid.
2: I know. Yeah.
1: I much yeah. prefer that trope.
2: <laughs> me, too. Me, too. <laughs> so you would you would prefer Sora with Matt and not Sora with Ty. Is that basically. Yes, yes. I,
1: I know enough to know that I agree with that statement. Yes. I have a ship and you've just identified it. <laughs> I don't know who I just enraged, but probably oh, half the family. Many
2: days. people. Ooh, that's a line. We should oh man, this podcast is gonna collapse now, man. Great. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So elsewhere, Akira and uh, Hikaru are both met by their, of course, their father is late because he's consumed by work and everything. But uh-huh. he does show up eventually. Um, he's with another scientist named Peter which I love how they do it because they just, they drop it very quickly. You don't even see his face because he's carrying a bunch of papers. He's just like, are you okay, Peter? Okay, anyway. And then he like, leaves or
1: whatever. <laughs> I just, I was so, I, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I'm the dumbest person ever. We have a podcast literally about Spider-Man and they introduce a character on a Avengers show named Peter. And I was like, oh, what a funny little assistant. <laughs> Like, what? How did I not know who this was?
2: (laughs) So were you actually surprised at the end? That's so, but you know, I love, I kind of love that though. Cause it is, it's so casually tossed off. Yeah. And, and I guess like, it is, I mean, I feel like it is sort of presented – it is meant to be a little bit of a surprise because every yes. other Avenger is, like, name-dropped or shown in their costume or, like, made a big deal of. He's the only one that we see the secret identity of just, like, living his life outside of being a superhero in this. Yeah. So this is – I don't know if you even know this, but, like – he ends up being one of the few heroes that isn't trapped in a disc. So that's why his role is kind of weird as like a recurring hero in it.
1: Man, even on this show, he can't just be part of the Avengers. I know! I know, right?
2: <laughs> what a punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Peter's there, but not really there. He's not really This, this isn't about him. He like, very quickly <laughs> exits the scene. <laughs> why we're doing, a, our po- Spider-Man podcast is doing this show where spider Man's it's not really about him. Who knows? But hey, it's a weird oddity. That's why we to do it.
1: we needed a break
2: right <laughs> <laughs> um so their dad shows the boys a disco um, and Akira puts on like this bracelet without permission I wonder if that's going to be something that comes into play later that they can sell as a toy Hmm. (laughs) but like it doesn't work Uh, his father's kind of chastising him for lack of respect for the fragility of science but but before he can really continue to chastise him Tony enters and actually uh, kind of a little bit like uh, uh, underhanded to his father he he actually praises uh, Akira's Curiosity, instead, like, nah, man, it's cool that he's questioning stuff like that. He's really curious about it.
1: Yeah, I think he calls it something to the effect of like curiosity is the backbone of science or something like that.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Well, this
1: okay. So then this turns into, I think, an unnecessarily confusing conversation. Mm -hmm. There are there are a number of moments over the course of these two episodes that are meant to be mysterious. And it's not out of character for anime. And so I think because I'm also watching an Avengers show, I'm, like, noticing it more. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those moments. Basically, and it's not as clear as I'm going to say it. Basically, the boy's father has a conversation with Tony. And what that conversation is, is Tony saying, hey, that thing we talked about, which is you leaving the company... (laughs) Still, still going to do that? And their father's like, yes. And then he's like, hey, did you find a replacement for yourself? And his father's like, no, are you disappointed? And Tony's like, we'll be fine. But they don't say it like that at all it is like the most cryptic conversation where they're like that thing we talked about don't mind it like what (laughs) what are you talking about but that's what's happening is we we learn that you know akira and hikaru's father is leaving stark international and tony is kind of bummed about it because you know he's a good scientist and he's he's helped him immensely with this this disk technology
2: yeah, alternate reading of that weirdly, weirdly cryptic conversation that was definitely just like a writery tactic to get a little bit of like mystery out of it. But uh, choosing to believe that Tony did this in front of Akira, intentionally knowing that, like, having just noticed that the kid was very curious, and is like, well, maybe if I uh, cryptically present this information, it's going to make the kid ask questions, and then maybe the kid will convince his dad to not leave mm. the company.
1: I do like that. I like that a lot.
2: Cause I, cause Tony can definitely be a little bit of a uh, a manipulator sometimes. Oh,
1: for sure. I think
2: very in character for him. And you know, the fact that this comes right after yeah. calling out the kid, yeah, the kid's curiosity. I think, I think yes. you could you could read it like that.
1: Another thing too is I. So I specifically described it as like, did you find a replacement? But I think it also, and this is this part is unclear, mm-hmm. um, because we haven't watched enough of the show for it to be clarified. I think it could also be that he is saying, Did you find somebody for the technology that we have not talked about yet that will then later be given to Akira? Oh, true. But I don't know if that is what is happening because we never, not yet at least, we haven't gotten any explanation for why Akira specifically is given the technology. So it is either a conversation where Tony is, it could be double meaning. It could be mm. coverage for the actual conversation that's happening. Like it's its very confusing. Um, mm. So I think it's worth noting that as we continue to watch, it could clarify itself To not be about a new scientist, but to be about the carrier of the technology. But I think it is possible that that is cryptic to cover up Mm. the fact that it is about technology, or it could not be that at all. (laughs) That's why I'm saying it's, like, unnecessarily confusing.
2: I mean... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's sort of like, this, this show is so weird because it's throwing so much stuff at us. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I almost can't really afford to be that mysterious because you really, we we really need the exposition right now. Like, I, you need to explain what's going on. Yeah. And they do for the most part. I mean, I think part of the reason that it takes so long in this show to really get to the status quo mm-hmm. is because it's trying to like pace out all of the information and everything. Yeah. But it's like, because of that, it's also like, I don't know. You got to be a little, you got to, you got to give us a little something, man. Like well, it's,
1: it's not impossible either. Like, and you can keep it mysterious. They could have literally just had an aside or like one of those, like anime. I'm, I'm going to whisper directly into your ear moments Yeah. where he just says like, that's Akira. And his father goes, yeah. And Tony says, are you sure? And then the father says, yeah, I'm sure. Like that would have been enough where you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Right. But then you know that like, okay i need to pay attention to something that has to do with Acura here
2: yeah because as it stands i feel like like all the bio code stuff that that ends up being like a big mcguffin mm-hmm. as, as it goes along i feel like you don't even really like notice how big of a deal it is until like they're really saying like i can't let go of this briefcase it's sort of like you don't know what it yeah. does you don't know like what's like what it's for and it's sort of like i like to an extent like you get that there's going to be a reveal later on. Like, you know, it's going to be explained to you, but it's also like, but I want to but like, it makes it really hard to like engage with everything that's going on when there's so little that you really understand.
1: Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. Well, and that continues for the next few scenes, but for different situations, because like at the end of this conversation, Tony's like, okay, well in that case, if you're leaving, I will take sole credit for the development of the disc technology. So then as an audience, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, why did you do, like, what are you talking about? And then they cut to another scene. So you're like, I'm not sure what that means. They cut to another scene that will also be sort of confusing and then another scene that will also be sort of confusing so (laughs) it's like a series of these scenes the next scene is the tour group they're waiting in this like special viewing area for the presentation to begin and edward is like wait we're too far away like i need to take pictures of this for my my website um so i need to like get closer i need to like sneak my way through the complex so i can get closer and jessica and chris are like yeah okay we're in i mean chris is a little bit more resistant than that Mm -hmm. but ultimately the three of them like wander off and you're like where are you going
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like why did you all just like why are you (laughs) yeah are you really all cool with this i mean okay but
1: (laughs) yeah so there's that they set up that and you're like wait what where are you going and then like very, very briefly, we see a cut of a bunch of empty prison cells. This this confused me at first. I had to go back and watch to, like, make sure I knew what I was seeing. They show a bunch of empty prison cells. They're all different prison cells, and a number of them have been vandalized in different ways, but ultimately they're all empty. Yes. What you are supposed to pull from that <laughs> is revealed later. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
1: But you can... Put the pieces together if you're really sharp, um, because we've already seen one prison cell emptied through circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then we get another scene that is confusing (laughs) and unexplained, where throughout the raft and maybe the helicarrier, or maybe just the helicarrier, or maybe just the raft, again, inside of these places look the same. A number of masked men, who we are not introduced to, initiate something called Operation Lost Day. Without any explanation, yeah. <laughs> so we we get we get a conversation about maybe a uh, replacement scientist, but maybe Akira being some sort of like chosen child. We get the children going off <laughs> exploring on the raft. <laughs> uh, we get a bunch of empty prison cells, and we get an operation initiated without explanation.
2: Yeah, I definitely so think chew that... on all of that. <laughs> right, I definitely think that that's kind of the the. As of this point, these episodes like weak points, I think, is that like they have a lot to set up. And I understand that there's a lot to set up and you don't want it to just be all exposition. And I appreciate that. And I also appreciate that like you want to set up some mystery. And a lot of these mysteries, I'm sure, are are meant to be like the show's mysteries that they'll they'll unravel over many episodes. Yes. But I think like there's a line between when you're set up. And like mysteriousness like ends up just making it kind of incomprehensible because it's like you you start to lose the stakes of it where you're sort of like you can't have the tension of like wanting to know what's going on when you don't even really know like where your baseline is. Mm -hmm. Like we have such so little like we really have so little information on what the actual disks even are like we've given a we've been given a little bit of that. And I guess we know enough of it or it's sort of, like, people get trapped in it. Cool. But that's really the extent of it. So it's sort of, like, it makes it really hard to, to really buy into everything because once, like, shit hits the fan in this and it gets really chaotic, it's really fun and I'm totally, yeah. like, on board for it. It's just, like, all the stuff leading into when it gets really, like, really hardcore is really hard to buy into because it's sort of, like, no, but... Can you answer like one, like one question before you move on to the next thing? Like, like it's like I'm okay with the questions being in the air, but like everything, it's it's everything. There are yeah, it's like question after question for stuff that like it's already asking a lot of us (laughs) to buy into like these this this really complicated like ideas. You know, in an already established world that we already know to be kind of complicated because it's the Marvel Universe. So,
1: yeah, well, I think that's that's part of the thing that especially complicates it is because it's a property we already recognize. We have expectations and whether that's fair or not, it's the reality of the situation, you know. Yeah. So we're like trying to fit things into a, a mold Instead of like just purely being along for the ride. Cause you're like, well, wait, I just saw something I knew. And now I have like this slew of questions. So like, let's just go back right. to the thing I knew. Right. Which again, probably not fair, but still just what's going on.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're thinking like, this is something that is being made for kids, it's yeah. kind of hard to follow even as an adult. Well, so. and that's,
1: so that's okay. That's the thing that's interesting because if you asked me without, you know, if I had just watched this and I was like, wow, I just watched this really cool, like Avengers anime and you had said like, Oh cool. Well, like what happens in the first episode? I'd probably be like, (laughs) I'm not really sure, but I I did like it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly the feeling, which maybe is
1: enough for kids. I mean, it it, it probably shouldn't be enough, but I do think frequently is enough. Yeah. So maybe they're just banking on that. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just banking on like, I mean, the core audience is going to be along for the ride and we're still going to tell a quality story. It's just, you know, they're not going to necessarily be solving the mystery along the way yeah like we are trying to
2: they figure like people at this point by 2014 people know how anime works like you know that it's going to be (laughs) a long like storyline like it's not going to be like just a week-to-week episodic thing so i guess they're sort of counting on like you buying into the fact that like yeah this this is this is avengers but it's an anime so like just just go with it. Yeah. You're not going to know what's going on for a while, and you've got got to deal with that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it is a different medium than we are typically used to uh, covering.
2: <laughs> sure, sure. All
1: right. So after we get some of those questions, uh, Tony Stark does finally arrive at the presentation site. In true Iron Man fashion, he nails the landing. He does his... Iron Man pose that we've become so accustomed to through the movies and he begins the presentation by sharing what DISC actually stands for which is Digital Identity Securement Kit. I think it's clever. <laughs> I know right I do like that. <laughs> Good backronym. and he, he basically says it's meant to improve crime fighting. He doesn't really get into specifics because it's like a big sort of event. And in Tony Stark fashion, it's not going to just be like technology. There's going to be explosions and attractions and all that. So he introduces a number of heroes to like help with the presentation. Captain America, uh, War Machine, Iron Fist.
2: <laughs> Iron Fist has like full on anime hair too.
1: Iron Fist is such a bizarre design in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. He's kind of bulkier than I feel like Iron Fist should be. Yeah. Uh I tend to associate Iron Fist with more like a um kind of like a Bruce Lee build because he's so so um intertwined with just like martial arts and stuff. Yeah. Doctor Strange is also there and then two X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> uh Cyclops and Beast. Mm-hmm. Now I must know, how do you feel about the Beast design?
2: I like it fine. I don't I never like I like Beast to be more simian than feline in my opinion, which okay. um which is I don't know. I I that's very specific to Beast because I normally like like feline anthropomorphic things, yeah. but for him, the the simian version of him I think just like works better for him for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's probably just like a nostalgia like attachment thing. But no, so
1: I don't think so. I th- I'll, and as as quickly as I think I can, I do think the simian preference makes a lot of sense for a character one named Beast, but two on a <laughs> team of heroes that are considered sort of the next evolutionary stage in mm. humanity. I think having a character that represents very specifically kind of the idea of evolution through almost reverting back to Simeon makes a lot of sense. It doesn't make quite as much sense as a feline. Yeah. And I guess there's also, I don't think it's just nostalgia.
2: Yeah. that makes sense. And there's also the dichotomy of like smart guy in the body of like what's often unfairly like, associated with like dumbness like yes dumb caveman monkey person like i know that's not what he is but like that's not what it is but you're gonna think of like a like a chimp as being like silly and dumb even though they're really smart like it's weird that we have that association but i guess it's the same thing you were saying because it's sort of like the de-evolved human essentially um so that dichotomy is really cool Mm -hmm. um so yeah so with that said that's why i can't i can't like love it since they lean a little bit on the feline design but they don't lean too much on it so i'm i'm okay with
1: it so far i have not liked very many of their more like beastly designs not yeah in not in the way that x-men beast beastly but like characters that are more <laughs> i was gonna say hulky but like that's also a character name <laughs> uh characters that are like bulky or bigger or hmm. sort of like the quote more monstrous characters i i've not really enjoyed the designs that they've done because i don't yeah. like the hulk's design either
2: i don't either i'd really Really not well and speaking of it's weird to me why are like hulk and wasp just in the crowd why are they not <laughs> part of the presentation is I that just like know. a sh- is that like shade at them from tony are they're
1: well they are both scientists so it could be that oh maybe but hulk is not in bruce banner form so i don't and i and we don't really know how they treat that in this series so i i'm not sure
2: Hulk is weird, too, because, like, I don't know if you felt like this, but it's just, like, he's more like a stoic, like, thing that's just, like, not super smart or a little too... Like, he almost feels a little more akin to, like, Drax Mm. than he does to Hulk, Mm because he's not, like rage mode ever like when he's talking with wasp like wasp like makes fun of him a little bit but it's because like he takes things she says a little too literal but he also will just like is just like kind of quietly talking with his deep voice like right it's not like he's (laughs)
1: passive or uh it's not like he's um calm hulk because he is the version of hulk that has bruce banner's consciousness yeah because he doesn't as far as we've seen he's not being a nerd
2: <laughs> right it's it's weird i can't, I can't, i couldn't in these two episodes i really could not get a read on like what he was supposed to be because he did not feel like your traditional hulk to me
1: no no not at all yeah yeah i'm not i'm not sure what to make of wasp and hulk yet they were they were sort of uh underdeveloped in this yeah these first absolutely. two episodes
2: absolutely. well as we know wasp is the girl so oh I mean, yeah that's, that's enough right. <laughs> development
1: has <laughs> Been completed. That is all the development.
2: <laughs> I do think that they chose her instead of like Black Widow or any. I mean, I guess Black Widow would have been the obvious one because this came out right after the Avengers movie, and she was the girl in in the Avengers. Yeah. And I think Black Widow doesn't have superpowers, and Shield seems to be its own kind of separate entity in this. Yeah, because um, I know that she does eventually appear in some capacity. So I think that they chose Wasp because she's like at that point, I guess. She maybe would have been the next most recognizable, like, woman Avenger. Well, yeah, maybe. from a
1: historical standpoint, Wasp makes tons of sense. It's just as far as, like, cultural relevance when yeah. this is coming out, it's sort of a surprise.
2: Yeah, but I guess then again, like, there hasn't, there wasn't any female led Marvel MCU movies out yet. I don't know. It is, it is an odd choice. <laughs>
1: Still barely are. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, now there's captain marvel and black widow after she died like that's cool yeah
0: Yeah, super weird
2: (laughs) oh boy marvel you do some things right not everything but
1: (laughs) right right well i welcome wasp in this one because it's at least something different
2: yeah definitely
1: so back in the lab um akira hikaru and their dad are watching the presentation just from the lab like they're not going to the site um so they're kind of watching from afar um and as tony begins to present on the discs akira starts to vent this frustration over tony taking all the credit for the development of the tech um he calls it glory hogging specifically this is an interesting interaction that happens and one that i think you were referencing earlier yeah where akira's dad is like you don't get it like this has nothing to do with glory glory is for children science is is meant to be for the sake of humanity and like i don't need glory so like maybe grow up kid, <laughs> which I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause he even like, he references the, 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 the little wound that uh, Akira had from his rollerblades or whatever. Yep. It's sort of like, well, clearly you're just not a responsible person or whatever. Like, it's well, like, dude. And he,
1: yeah. He says like, you told me you weren't going to do that. And adults don't break promises that easily. And I was like, this kid is like eight. <laughs>
2: like- yeah. And you've been <laughs> gone for two years. dude. Yeah. Like, come on. I really appreciate and did not expect that Akira, like, calls him out on that, like, in this mm-hmm. first episode. He definitely was repressing because he gets he gets mad. He gets, Real like, mad, mad AF. And it's just, like, all adults are selfish. Like, you left us alone, like, and never talked to us. Like, why would you, like you obviously only did this for yourself. Like you're wrong here. Like, come yeah. on.
1: You're selfish. Tony selfish. Adults are all selfish.
2: Yeah. Which he's not wrong in this scenario. And <laughs> it does bother me a little bit that he, that, that he gets pretty immediately like deflated about it. And they, and they were just like, well, oh, no, your dad actually loves you because blah, 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 blah. It's like, he's still kind of fucked up though, but yep. okay. <laughs>
1: yes, for real. Well, he gets called out because Peter rollerblades in. <laughs>
2: Sure, Peter.
1: Sure seems like it. Sort of <laughs> glides in uh, yeah. with a tray of coffee. The, Peter is such a bizarre character. He's like, he's like, okay, Peter Parker in this show and sort of Spider-Man thus far is what I would typically expect from a character that is implied but never confirmed to be the sort of like token gay-ish character in an anime or toku show.
2: Oh my god, I didn't even pick up on that, but you're so right.
1: Like, okay, one of the the Common Rider series is Common Rider Gaim. That's the, like, Fruit Samurai one. Oh, right. And one of the characters in that I do think is pretty explicitly, like, a gay character. But I don't think they ever call him that. I don't think he ever explicitly, like, says anything. But he acts so similarly to this Peter Parker that I'm like you are durian fruit like that is what you are
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God he's durian oh we wow um, yeah hmm. and it's <laughs> it, it's just
1: so weird to watch because I'm like I kind of get where that happened in translation right like if like Peter Parker, Well, not Peter Parker, but Spider-Man at least, is like a quippy, sarcastic, um, Mm. like one-line delivering machine. Mm, Um, And I don't know if that necessarily is a character that you see a lot in anime, right? So if you're going to take a character who's typically comic relief, but comic relief through sarcasm and quick insults, I guess what do you turn that into if not sort of goofiness and like the character that- What's that? <laughs> catty gay? Yeah, kind of catty gay, but like the character that's like sticking his tongue out at you when you miss. Yeah, that's kind of what Peter Parker is in this series, and it's 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 funny. It works in a vacuum, but it's it's a very different Peter Parker than we ever see.
2: It is. I kind of like. I kind of love it though because it makes a lot of it makes sense for this to be a version of Spider-Man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not a, it wouldn't be what you would like consider like a quintessential version of Spider-Man. But like, I absolutely see the threads for like how this would be how he's written. And I really enjoyed everything that they did with him mm-hmm. in these two episodes. And I'm really excited to see more because it's really, it does feel kind of refreshing in a way. It's sort of like, this doesn't, this feels like it is a Spider-Man. It's just, It's just like definitely not the Spider-Man you would ever expect to see.
1: Yeah. Very, very different. But yeah. anyway, he he swoops in and does exactly what you're saying, which is explain to Akira like, no, it's actually not selfish. He's doing it to protect you. If supervillains knew that your dad developed this tech, which is intended to capture supervillains, they would come after him and likely come after you either for vengeance or retaliation or just terrorism, whatever the case may be, you'd be in danger. So he's doing it because he loves you. Mm,
2: I mean, it makes sense coming from Peter. I see his perspective on that and it makes sense. He, that's totally a Spider-Man like secret identity, like
1: staple. Ooh, such a good point. I didn't even think about who delivered that sentiment. That makes so yeah. much sense.
2: Yeah. It makes a lot of sense coming from him. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, that's a typical superhero thing, but especially for Spider-Man, like the whole, yeah personal secret identity like not wanting your friends and family to get hurt thing right um so it makes sense it just kind of sucks because then akira just like immediately is just like oh okay (laughs) like but it's just like but you had valid points though kid and you're gonna have stuff that you're gonna have to go to therapy for later about this no
1: no no he's he immediately (laughs) forgives his absent father (laughs) i know
2: and i love too that his brother just has like no opinion about this at all like he's just like yeah, oh, oh, Akira, don't be so mean. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just like, his brother doesn't really, I'm, I'm curious to see like where his character goes because he's just like literally the only character beat we really get out of his brother is that like, he's the, smart. I,
1: but but not until <laughs> the end of the second episode do we get that characterization where you're like, that's, we have no idea what Hikaru is supposed to be. That's true. Until like an hour into the, well, like 45 minutes into the series when they're like, He'll figure it out because he's the smart one. And you're like, oh, I guess he <laughs> I guess was wearing glasses. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Was he? I don't think he even was. Uh, I think does he does.
1: I think does he wears he? glasses. I think Robert, he has sort of like shaggy hair and glasses.
2: Edward wears glasses, but I don't think he wears glasses.
1: Oh, all right. Well, I, just, but, I must have <laughs> retroactively assigned that based on the one line we got about him being smart
2: yeah yep these aren't the most well-drawn characters yet but they've got they've got 51 episodes to figure yes, out. yes that's
1: true that's true
2: <laughs> after that um after that family reconciliation uh somewhere inside the facility edward jessica and chris find themselves lost of course you're a bunch of random kids inside of like a giant high-tech prison what did you expect
1: you yep, meant to <laughs> prevent people from escaping
2: i know like oh which way do we go <laughs> what was your plan guys <laughs> 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 um but yeah they realize they're 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 lost and oh no they're missing the presentation you mm-hmm. dummies <laughs>
0: um,
2: above them tony is prompting captain america to make a great speech because that's what captain america does best uh what what do you think of captain america's design i don't hate like it. it i don't like it it's weird i don't hate get hate it, it. I don't get it.
1: I think it's really it's I think it is by far the worst design in the show.
2: Yeah, I
1: for not just because I think it's ugly, but because I think it it, it has a it has a little bit of the like Superman wearing armor like mm. vibe to me. Like I know it's not equivalent because because Captain America is not Superman and does wear tactical gear, Mm -hmm. but also I don't think he needs what he's wearing in this show. Like it's, it's like weird eye coverage, lots of like armor plating, but in like a half Iron Man way. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's sort of strange. Um, It's super
2: over-designed.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just, yeah. Lots, lots of stuff that doesn't need to be like, just edit, like cut, cut a bunch of stuff off. (laughs) Yeah. It's also strange because, um, it's it's been fun to watch a lot of these characters become quote anime eyes. like they are be uh, that's weird because it sounded like anime eyes, but like <laughs> gone through the process of becoming anime designs. Mm-hmm. But there's I don't know if this is just the the fact that he's like a symbol of like America <laughs> that that it, it's some there's something like in something incongruous in my brain i think of like significantly redesigning his suit into a style that is so tied to japan you know what i mean like you know that makes a lot of sense i'm not being super articulate but like captain america is a character whose theme is america like it's a country (laughs) (laughs) and i'm not sure what you do with that when you're adapting that into a like a whole national style of animation yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure what what about it. But there's something more than just the over design that, like, sits funny.
2: No, yeah. I, I agree with you, though. I think what also makes it weird is that, like, plenty of other characters aren't really redesigned. Like, Iron Man and Wasp are both just, like, very standard. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, like, of all the characters—and and, and Thor isn't close to his movie design, but he's very close to— the comics version of him. Yeah. Whereas, so it's like of all the characters to do a, a like a more anime esque redesign, like you're picking the one who is specifically meant to like harken back to like a world war two soldier yes. like in America specifically. Yes. So it's like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird choice to design him as much as they did. Right. Like,
1: no, that's such a good point. It's not just place. It's also time. Yeah. Like it's a and specific like, era and a specific geographical sort of theme.
2: Right. Like every – like so much about Captain America is entrenched on the time and place. And like of all the characters that they chose to redesign, like it's the – he's the one that's the weirdest that they really make him so far from his original design. And I don't – I mean and and I don't feel like it was because they thought he would be too alien to – to Japanese viewers because no. Captain America movies like are in Japan and I know they're popular there. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like weird
1: to think, but like Captain America is a popular character outside of America.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's interesting. When you compare that to like Dr. Strange's redesign, which I don't really love his design, but it doesn't bother. Oh, I don't, I don't. His eyes don't... are
1: so bad though. His eyes are so bad. It is.
2: It is. But it weirdly, even though I hate it, it doesn't bother me as much as Captain yeah. America because at least it's sort of like, I can see that vibe going with Dr. Strange, even yeah. if I don't like the design of it.
1: Agreed. Yeah. It's sort of a similar to like Iron Fist thing, but just so much further. We're like, yes. they, just, they just went too far with the anime redesign.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it's really hard to to wrap your head around like the fact that some characters are heavily redesigned and some aren't, I yeah. think is, is a big part of it. Yeah. Where was I after that The segue? kids are oh. lost and
1: <laughs> yeah. Captain America is going to make a speech. Oh, there we go.
2: That's right. But before Captain America can begin, Thor is just like, I'm going to crash your party, yo. Like it's a whole, he makes a whole extra entrance of it too. Like it's all thunder and lightning and he shows up and everybody's like what are you doing thor
1: yeah but not not before they're like what's happening are we in danger because <laughs> right. they can't just let things happen <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah on
1: this show they cannot just let a thing happen
2: <laughs> oh right right they make it they make like it's not just him making it dramatic it's everyone else reacting to it dramatically yeah, too because we
1: don't know that it's thor it's just like the sky suddenly turns terrifying and then like lightning <laughs> strikes and again it's one of those things where like you could put the pieces together But like, if you're just going along for the ride, it's very clear that you're meant to be like, Ooh, this is ominous. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, Thor. it's weird it's weird this happens because like the tension is because it's like, oh it's Thor. But then the tension is amped back up again because the villains do arrive <laughs> literally, right. literally right after this. And it's oh, just it's like timing so bad. You could have streamlined this writing-wise by just having Thor be one of the characters invited because he is an Avenger. Like it's <laughs> True <laughs> And then True. you could have just been like, oh shit, Loki, like, you know, cause him warning them about it impacts absolutely nothing <laughs>
1: right because he's too late Right. He warns them 30 seconds before Loki arrives. But right. then they couldn't make an Asgard joke.
2: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh basically he's his warning is a great disaster is to befall this land. And they're like, "Okay, what are you talking about?" But uh of course, right after that, like we said, Loki arrives.
1: <laughs> yes, immediately, immediately.
2: And in pretty
1: standard Loki fashion as, you know, we have seen the past decade, he declares that he will rule Earth, I think he calls humans worms. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> um, it's actually very similar to like the movie scene where he like makes everyone bow to him in like that open sort of plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much like that, but he, uh, he declares his intent to defeat everyone here, which is kind of redundant. You just said you were going to rule the whole planet, but whatever. <laughs> but, um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America actually points out to Loki, like you're not going to beat us. You're like super outnumbered. And that's when we get everything sort of coming together because Loki, I know, right? It took a while, but we're here. Loki reveals that he has a number of discs. These discs, are these all golden ones? No. Okay. These are not golden,
2: right? They're all different colors because the different colors indicate different types. So they, they just like with Pokemon and Digimon, oh they God. categorize the heroes into different types. And I think the kids are uh. only eventually only able to activate certain types. So all the different colors, the different villains also fall into these types. So there's like tech type, animal oh. type, fighter I was fighter trying to type.
1: like put things together where I was like, ooh, that person has a gold one. And that person has a gold one. But I couldn't yeah. like figure out, a, okay, whatever. He has a bunch of discs. <laughs> Um, I don't know how anything about the typing yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But he reveals a number of discs um, and the mask men from before that we saw sort of scattered throughout throw their discs on the ground, um, oh, no. which unleashes a number of supervillains throughout the raft who we now understand to have been digitized and captured from their prison cells into the discs so that yes. they could be removed in people's pockets and unleashed later outside of their prison cells yes ah
2: yes finally Um <laughs> uh, we get a lot of big hints too that this is kind of a deeper conspiracy because for for one these these uh these random randos are like located all over the raft uh yes. but one of them is like a news reporter that's there uh, yes. that like right after pepper kind of gives her the cold shoulder she's just like Ooh, and then drops the disc herself so yes. So clearly, like, whatever, whoever has planned this, probably not Loki, let's be real, whoever has, pl- has planned this, ha- is, it's more of a vast conspiracy that has people in high places, presumably.
1: Yeah. Well, they have to. Tony hasn't even revealed the tech. So for them to yeah. have it is kind of incredible. Someone would have had to steal it or been on the inside or something like that. Right.
2: Back in the lab, Peter, uh, of course, one of well, I guess you should say like one of the uh, one of the villains, which I think it's Crimson Dynamo. Yeah, um, he he appears. Um, in a mechanized suit um, and appears out of the disc uh, demanding the installer, whatever that is. Another random mystery. We don't know anything about.
1: We've never heard that word before.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one right at the end of this. Um, And in the chaos, Peter is actually, I do like real quick. They do a really typical like Spider-Man thing where he's like, I'm going to go see what's going on. Like, he's going to go and suit up and yeah. fight crime. But before he can even do that, he's thrown out of the window. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but that, uh, that leads us to a very cool scene where he's like, oh no, they're going to die without me. And he literally rips his shirt off to reveal the Spider-Man symbol, a which cool I guess <laughs>
1: Spider-Man symbol.
2: I love his design.
1: I really like his chest emblem a lot.
2: Yeah. It's so good. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's 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 really awesome. Um, I love this scene, too, because, like, Peter's thrown out of a window, and he, like, falls through a bunch of smoke, I guess. And mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, no, he's dead. Um, but then they, like, cut to, like, this amazingly anime scene where he's just, like, falling through infinity and, like, <laughs> thinking out loud, and his hair is, like, waving in the wind. And you're like, you should have hit something by now. But he doesn't <laughs> because it's anime. <laughs> And then he rips his shirt open and and we all know. And then I, being the dummy, was like,
2: oh my God, of course that's (laughs) who you were. So you were thinking, watching the whole time, that it's like, Derek picked out this show that Spider-Man's not even in.
1: Well, I just, I guess I just wasn't thinking like I just, I, stuff was happening so fast. There were so many characters. It's true. That There's is this true. like goofy ass assistant floating around with coffee. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where my brain was.
2: <laughs> I mean, where can your brain possibly be with this show?
1: <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere at once.
2: Oh God. This is like, this is like Mr. Frump all over again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: Mind fuck. <laughs>
2: Well, we're almost at the end of this, so yes. that's that's actually kind of leads to the big cliffhanger, because um, Crimson Dynamo is uh, is going to attack um, Acura and his family. Of course, he's just about to, like, steal the installer and kill him or whatever, when Spider-Man does, does make his big entrance, webs him up. And restrains his arm before he can um, hurt them further and makes his big hero entrance. And it's like, I wasn't invited to the party, but I don't remember what he says. Like, I wasn't invited to the party, but I'm going to stop you or whatever. Yeah, something Spider-Man like that. Can I get an out.
1: invite or something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. And then it, like, smash cuts to To Be Continued.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed.
2: Yeah. I do like that the episode ends on, like, I feel like, I know Spider-Man's really popular in Japan. Like, he's popular here, but I think he's, like, a different level of popular in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that it's sort of like they made you wait for him. And then that's the big cliffhanger of, like, finally Spider-Man's here.
1: Yeah. No, I do dig that. I yeah. like that a lot. Respect.
2: Yeah, man. Ah. <laughs> Oof. Oof, what an what what an opening
1: <laughs> oh my gosh i who who boy so they set yes. up so much in this first episode i do think I, I want to say the second episode can go by a lot more quickly but there are a couple more things in the second episode where they're like think about this for a moment <laughs> but it's not as many it's not as many
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I think it'll still go by quickly. I like the second episode way more, I think, because there's just much more just, like, fun action in it. And yeah. you actually, like, kind of generally know what's going on. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, real quick, face of the episode for this episode, I just really like the uh, the real quick shot when Edward is talking about Captain America and how much he loves him when he runs a fan site. And all the other adults that are on this tour are just, like, giving him this really weird, like, condescending side eye. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that oh, oh you <laughs> right right um yeah so it was funny I like That's chris's
1: it. face in the background
2: oh god <laughs> yeah i didn't even notice that
1: yeah, chris even... is just like peeking in the background like huh?
2: <laughs> what's even happening there okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> Okay. Before we get started on the next one, I can I can clarify a couple of things because I just looked up what all of the uh, colors mean because they are kind of interesting. (laughs) Oh boy! For the discs. Okay. Lay it on me. Yeah. So red is tech. That's uh, what Iron Man represents. Makes sense. Makes sense. Purple is energy, and that one is what Thor represents. Makes sense. I don't know what other characters might fall under that, but I could. Storm. (laughs) Oh yeah, that makes sense. Blue is fighter type that is uh, Captain America. Iron Fist maybe I could yeah, I think that would make sense. Okay. Um, Iron Fist yeah. Green is power. that one is Hulk.
1: could also be Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah that
2: one fight and power definitely seems like it would have some and energy kind of all of those things can kind of have varying levels of overlap
1: right because could energy be Dr. Strange?
2: Oh, I guess so. Yeah, probably so. I don't know what else he would be really. So, yeah, I guess energy could be like magic and electricity and okay. stuff like that. And animal is yellow, and that's what wasp falls under.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, they're definitely, just definitely a little bit of a stretch here. <laughs>
1: yeah. Beast I'm just is going like, to end up in that one too, probably, right?
2: Yes, I'm looking ahead. Beast is animal, whereas like Cyclops is energy. Oh, and the ones. Some of the villains are interesting. Like, um, Modok is tech, okay. which makes sense. Doctor Octopus <gasps> is in this at some point, but he's not animal. He is tech, which I guess makes sense. But I could sort of see what could why have that gone either
1: maybe.
2: way. Yeah, why well, go other way? Either way. Whereas, like hmm. Green Goblin is fight class, but I could have also seen him falling under power.
1: Yeah, so fight that's class interesting. is weird.
2: That is a little weird, especially because he
1: doesn't do really any direct fighting
2: yeah almost ever <laughs> yeah
1: seems like tech or energy would have made more sense
2: and then you have like mystique is fight class which like i guess makes sense but also like i feel like her shape-shifting like it doesn't that doesn't seem like it fits her like i it's huh i guess she does more <laughs>
1: physical fighting than most
2: i guess so i guess so it's
1: that's that's interesting like widows probably fight I um let think. me see if
2: she even let me see if she gets classified, because not all of them do. Right. I don't see Black Widow. I know mm-hmm. Black Widow is in okay. the show, but she's not actually, I don't see her listed on the list that I'm looking at right yet. So, I mm. don't know. Yeah, very interesting.
1: Well, <laughs> I look forward to seeing all that in action.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Twelve episodes later.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, we're at episode two. Yeah. Heroes Annihilated? Uh, The synopsis for this one per the TV Tokyo website is Spider-Man saves Akira and Hikaru from the villains. Meanwhile, Iron Man keeps dominance against the villains, but Loki takes Pepper Potts hostage and the hero is forced to resist. And many heroes in the ceremony are sealed in the (laughs) discus and uh, one after another. Will justice yield to evil as it is?
1: Dang. <laughs> it's funny. I know you're going to do the Discoose thing every time, and it still cracks me up every time. <laughs> well, this episode's original air date was on April 9th, 2014. Uh, it was written by King Ryu, um, and it was directed by Morio Hatano, who directed on Santosea Omega, uh, Dragon Ball Super, Digimon Data Squad. And some Precure series. So, again, lots of connections, stuff that we can sort of expect as far as the interconnectedness of these folks.
2: Yes. Far fewer new characters introduced in this. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Billy Tooby Ken are just a couple of S.H.I.E.L.D. people, actually. Uh-huh. Nick Fury is portrayed by Hisao Igawa in Japanese and John Eric Bentley in English. Um, Hisao Igawa has provided uh, many voices across like a lot of popular anime and video game franchises since the 90s. Um, that includes like Dragon Ball Z, Slam Dunk. Um, he played Ogremon and uh, Mugendramon, who in America is Machine Machindramon in Digimon Adventure. And Xenosaga and Valkyrie Chronicles as well. Um, his English counterpart, John Eric Bentley, provides the voice of Nick Fury in a number of other properties. So he's another carryover that they have. Um, it's typically in like video games, like Marvel Alliance Three, uh, the Black Order, Lego Marvel Superheroes, and a bunch of others.
1: The other prominent Shield person introduced in this one is Maria Hill, and the voice actor <laughs> situation for her is complicated because for some reason no one thought that it was like important to just. Like, like record who actually does the voice for Maria Hill. It's very, it's very weird. difficult.
2: It's 2014. Like it shouldn't be that hard,
1: <laughs> like. right? This isn't like lost to history information. Like these people are alive. Like they're living <laughs> on the planet right now.
2: <laughs> weird.
1: Anyway. So pretty sure that Maria Hill is portrayed by Akeno Watanabe in Japanese, because that is the name most frequently cited but I just want to point out that a, a voice actor named Junko Minagawa is also cited by at least one source. Weird. I don't know why. And she is cited on the same source, or, or rather, one of the sources cites both of them, as I guess the best way to put that.
2: I wonder if maybe her voice changes like midway through the anime or something.
1: I don't know. It doesn't clarify episodes on that one. I believe Mm -hmm. that one was from maybe my anime list or another anime, like Wikipedia ish, but not a Wikia site um, that tracks that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So, pretty sure it's Akeno Watanabe. And then the English voice actor is probably Carrie Walgren. But the only place I found any citation for who voices Maria Hill in English is MyAnimeList.net. They don't provide citations, though, so I don't know how accurate that is. It's just the only information that was readily available from a number of sources. Most sources just don't list a voice for Maria Hill at all.
2: Weird. I mean yeah. that would be an that would make sense as a casting choice because she's in a lot of anime and cartoons. So like, yeah. Like, I yeah, but sure okay. I just,
1: I don't know. Does Maria Hill like only appear in two episodes or something? I, don't I just know. don't. It seems so <laughs> weird to me that there isn't just like a comprehensive list. Like I don't know how. No one's done it.
2: (laughs) This show is such a weird enigma for like no reason. (laughs) I don't know.
1: But yeah, we get a couple more shield folks in this one because that's another thing that they're going to begin to set up. (laughs) Of course. This episode picks up immediately where the last one left off. I mean, it like not even seconds later, just immediately <laughs> yeah. where the last one was.
2: They like flow the recap of it into the episode. Like, there's no break yes. between like what's a recap and what's the episode.
1: Yeah, which is I'm I'm kind of here for. If they keep doing yeah. that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of like when they repeat a scene after a commercial break, but in a more productive way because it was a week later. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So in this case, the scene that we roll right into is Spider-Man's web shooting at Crimson Dynamo, preventing him from hurting the uh, Akatsuki family. That's kind of right where we pick Mm up.
2: Right, and of course, elsewhere, um, we know the kids are still, like, lost, (laughs) and it doesn't help when things are descending into chaos and they're lost on a freaking high-tech prison, Mm -hmm. I should restate. But um, Jessica and Chris, of course, begin to butt heads, because that's just, you can expect that from their personalities. Yep. (laughs) But uh, along with Edward, they're just trying to find their way through the complex.
1: Yes. Spider-Man, he continues to sort of, like, distract Crimson Dynamo um, and battle him so that the, f- you know, the family is able to to get away and not get hurt or whatever. And he does successfully toss Crimson Dynamo out the window. Revenge, one might say. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is kind of like what I'm talking about where Spider-Man is the character who's like, I'm going to blindfold you. And then when you take off a blindfold, I'm going to be missing. And then I'm going to pop up behind you and do silly <laughs> wavy arms. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> but it's all fun. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's coupled with cool action. So it's not like they're diminishing Spider-Man. It's not like they're taking away anything from Spider-Man. They're just matching his action with a different kind of humor.
2: Yeah. the fight And the way that they have him fight is really good. I think that they, they yeah. animate and all of his um, positions and like the way he moves and everything is really super well done. Like, yeah. I feel like, I mean, Spider-Man in general as a character, I think fits really well with like the anime action style anyway. Yeah. And they definitely like don't skimp on that. Mm-hmm. I like that there's, like, one exchange between him and, him and Crimson Dynamo where Crimson Dynamo calls him String Bean, even though <laughs> Spider-Man has, like, the most, like, obvious, like, Dragon Ball Z abs on Oh, him. my
1: gosh. His <laughs> musculature in this show crazy. is extreme. What's funny, though, is, like, he he is a character that is not given unnecessary armor. He's given yeah. muscles, but all the other superheroes have, like, some sort of, like additional equipment like i think even dr strange probably has like shoulder pads or something <laughs> but not spider-man they just like let him be spider-man which is yeah. cool i was i was wondering if they were going to give him the external web shooters like in the uh live action series but they did not do that
2: yeah yeah <laughs> what yeah about a cool nod it would have been, but I, I like that they're just for him. They just keep everything so back to basics with him. Yeah, um, he's so such so, like a basic Spider-Man. He's drawn with a really nice butt, too. I should say. I'm
1: not surprised. <laughs> like all of his muscles are like like balloon animals. Like they're so <laughs> bulgy and defined.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's going on. He gets his he gets his little revenge on there, and then we start to get a little more not really a little more exposition kind of sort of but it's still like done in a really mysterious <laughs> way um so the um like hero asks asks his dad about the installer that the crimson dynamo mentioned and his dad is like uh, he reveals the the, the sleeve like device in a really fancy briefcase um, that he has hidden in the ceiling. So obviously this is something very important. He calls it the Bio Code Installer. Installer, you say? <laughs> Ooh! Hmm. And like he and, and this becomes like the MacGuffin of the episode. He sends um, uh, he sends Hikaro directions to a helipad where his sons can escape, like with the Bio Code Installer. Yes. Yes.
1: Spider-Man offers to help the boys escape and then return in time to save their dad. This is, like, a longer conversation than it needs to be. But basically, like, Akira is like, if you're going to stay, I'm going to stay, and I'm I'm not going to leave. But then you should leave, and you should help, and then I'm going to help. And it's like, <laughs> what? Ultimately, though, it results in Spider-Man helps the boys uh, escape, and we don't see the conclusion of the other side of that. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that their father does not survive or spider-man doesn't make it back in time to save him yeah just or, a guess <laughs> yeah
2: or if he doesn't i mean it is a kid's show so maybe he doesn't die but he he definitely like gets kidnapped or something like that like he's yeah. he's not gonna be in his kids lives for the rest of this show right surely one or, way or another
1: based on the constant mystery of this show maybe he quote dies and then yeah. like 50 episodes later, they're like, he was alive all along. He I'm just, sure. I don't know. <laughs> was hanging out. <laughs> yeah. uh. I,
2: do, I, I do like that. Like throughout this entire exchange where they're going back and forth so much. And so unnecessarily every time they ask Spider-Man, I was like, can you do this? And he's like, Well, yeah, of course I'll help. Like, can you do this (laughs) somehow? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can you even carry me? I said I had muscles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Typical, typical Spider-Man juggling all the balls. Right, Right. So they do end up leaving and Akira has the briefcase basically. Like this is sort of why I think maybe earlier they were talking about, Acura in a cryptic way because he specifically gives it to him and says yes. like all right time to prove that you're not a kid anymore It's like I okay guess. like that seems like a abrupt decision to make
2: yeah but like i don't know i still don't really get it because if this thing presumably is like the only way that you can like unlock the discs or whatever is what i'm assuming how it works i why why would they? They didn't know that the villains were going to attack. attack. Like they didn't anticipate this was going to happen. So they mm-hmm. couldn't have been cryptically talking about giving Akira like this important piece of technology that, like, in theory, he would have no reason to ever like pass down to his son. True, so it true. just is. We I don't get it. Maybe there's just a piece that we're all missing because yeah. we haven't watched enough of it. Maybe
1: DNA. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
2: like maybe he like-
1: was adopted
2: oh no (laughs) maybe it
1: must be akira
2: (laughs) i don't Uh, know um, either way they do like run into the other kids so this this like kind of five man band is formed between akira hikaru jessica chris and edward um while they're all running around
1: yes the gang's all here
2: yeah yeah um, back at the presentation site, um, of course, a battle breaks out between the superheroes and the newly escaped and appeared supervillains. So it's very chaotic and crazy. We got a lot of cool action sequences out yeah. of it. Um, with a lot of like kind of like uh, some of these villains are really kind of like random poles, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Like Wasp is blasting Crusher Creel. Hulk is clashing. Uh, did, I just
1: ugh, like where did he appear from? I don't know. Like, I don't They remember listed seeing so and... many supervillains, and then suddenly, like, the absorbing man is present. I know.
2: Like, reporting <laughs> I <guess> for duty. <laughs> Loki did have a lot of discs, I guess. That's I don't true. know. Yeah. So, yeah, Hulk is clashing with Abomination. Captain America is handling Whirlwind heartily. And Iron Man and War Machine are both attempting to ground Green Goblin.
1: Yes, indeed. Um, I was wondering why they didn't pair up Captain America with Baron Zemo, but I guess they sort of, kind of of explain ish that later but i don't know (laughs) um in any case iron man begins to wonder where the quote air support is which then takes us up to a shield helicarrier where we see nick fury and maria hill who we just mentioned So Iron Man calls up there and is basically like, yo, where's the backup? Like, we need backup. It's like crazy down here. Nick Fury decides this is the opportune time to be like, you shouldn't have had it on a prison. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody should have told you not to do that. The conversation doesn't really go much further before like an explosion hits and sets off an alarm sort of rocking the helicarrier. When they investigate, Fury and Maria Hill discover that a bunch of former prisoners have actually somehow found their way onto the helicarrier. So not just the raft, but the shield helicarrier also is being invaded with these newly appeared superheroes.
2: If you didn't need another wrinkle in this complicated plot, there you Mm -hmm. go. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: We have also seen, it's worth noting, even though we can't really speak to this at all, we've seen flashes of who I presume is the masked blonde man throughout mm-hmm. these episodes, just like blips of him but without the mask. <laughs> right. Um, and I think one of those appearances is on the helicarrier like right before this. Mm-hmm. So I guess that he went to the helicarrier somehow yeah. and and brought some of the prisoners with him. But again, we don't know who he is yet and we don't yeah. really have anything to go on. So I'm not I'm not really sure.
2: Yeah, it's I cool. mean like he's
1: obviously tied in, we just don't know exactly how.
2: Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, for some reason, I thought that this scene happened in the last episode, but um, this actually happens here. Um, so on the raft, um, this is when uh, I mentioned earlier, Pepper Potts is, starts chastising a reporter because a reporter, of course, is attempting to score an interview like at the worst time, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would be understandable because this seems like it's a big deal what's going on. But um, Pepper's like, nah, bitch, we're not talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's actually she's she's I, I like the pepper pepper is being pretty active um, in kind of like coordinating efforts to get people it's like escape vessels to escape so mm-hmm. you know she's she's not a da- she's not just a damsel in distress here until she is because uh. <laughs> the reporter uh, we learn is part of this this mass conspiracy and she flashes a golden disc.
1: Yes, she does. We see that Green Goblin has not been grounded by Iron Man and War Machine. He has escaped Iron Man and War Machine. And as he flies around the raft, he happens upon Spider-Man helping the kids uh, run through a hallway, protecting them from a supervillain. What supervillain is that? Do you know? Did you take a note of it?
2: I don't remember who it was, and I did not Ah, get a chance to look it up.
1: Yeah, I just didn't look it up because this is a really short interaction yeah. Um, basically Spider-Man's spider sense goes off, letting him know that Green Goblin is present. Yeah. Um, and those two then sort of focus on each other, whoever yeah. the supervillain is that he's protecting the kids from doesn't really say a whole lot or do a whole lot. So that's kind of why I don't care right. all that much. <laughs> right.
2: And Green Goblin's more interesting <laughs> anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty much
1: always. Um, and he's yeah. sharp. He notices like pretty quickly that Akira has this suitcase and is protective of it. And I think he even guesses that it's the BioCode installer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So he's definitely, I mean, this is definitely like smart Norman Osborn Green Goblin, it seems Mm -hmm.
1: like but with a we didn't talk about this design super cool design I it's like love a mixture it. like you know how we were talking about um i think it's the was it spider verse where we were talking about how they kind of like took cues from a number of different yes goblins this is kind of like that too but a little further in the direction of a more classic goblin but with some tinges of ultimate just for like his face and his you know like the shape of his body and stuff like that still yeah. smaller still on a glider still wearing purple and green but like you can tell that they were they were definitely inspired
2: yeah like you can get the you could get the gist that it's still a costume but mm-hmm. the costume itself is like a lot more monstrous yeah and it's he's got like a really creepy cool face like i i i really i really really dig this design Good i like design. how I like his acting, too. Like, when he sees Spidey through the window, he legit, like, in Japanese, says, like, Spidey.
1: Yeah, I love that he calls him <laughs> Spidey.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> um, I like Spider-Man Spider-Sense, how that's rendered on this, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I like it. I don't have, like, strong feelings, but. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's, like, it's fine. But, like, compared to, like, a lot of ones that we've oh, seen, I think it's yeah. a, I think it's a pretty solid one. Higher up on the list, for sure. Yeah, Definitely. So, yeah, so they go through them bantering, and like we said, he recognizes that Akira has an important briefcase, so obviously he's going to be after him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to complicate matters. But elsewhere on the rafts, we see another masked figure attempt to rally the villains against the control of Loki, telling them to choose, and holding out a disc. So, what is this? I don't know. Who, <laughs> I don't even really, like... What is this?
1: What is this?
2: What furthering is this? scene... Furthering the complicated conspiracy that's happening right now that we don't know. Like, so there's, I guess, two factions, two villainous factions, perhaps, that are against each other that are competing for this disc stuff.
1: I don't know, because at first I was like, oh, that's Baron Zemo, but it's not Baron Zemo. So I was like, oh, well, this is a villain who's like above being controlled by other people, but it's Mm -hmm. just some guy in a mask. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. know who he is.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> it will clarify itself, just not today. Yep, maybe
2: eventually. We'll see. <laughs> um, either way, Spidey does attempt to hold off Green Goblin so the children can escape. I think he says, like, he's kind of annoying, so this is going to take a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. A bit more uh, classic Spidey there. <laughs> right. So this kind of gets spidey out of the picture so the kids are now like on their own and then of course like immediately stop by an explosion and Edward of course is like well you know while we're trapped here what's with the briefcase dude Akira shares that it contains the bio code installer uh, which you know <laughs> They're like, we don't know what it does, but it's apparently important.
1: <laughs> yeah, neither does he. Like, it's so weird to me that he's like, oh, obviously it's the biocode installer.
2: Like, you don't even know what that is. <laughs> right. Right. I guess that kind of it, it works with his like kind of rash character yeah. where he's just like, Well, I'm just gonna be the hero. My dad told me this is important, so it's important, and I'm gonna True. take charge of it. So yeah. <laughs> But um but Chris, who's like, you know, the broody type, but also a little more level headed, is like, dude, like we're just kids, so you're going to have to ditch it because it's going to make the villains want to kill us more and mm-hmm. we need to not die.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think he even says like, um, or I think the way he puts it is being chased by villains is not fun or something like that. It was like, <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> really casual of you. <laughs>
2: right, right.
1: <laughs> well, the battle wages on over at the presentation site and we see that Captain America and Iron Man are confronted by Baron Zemo, who is not the one rallying troops against Loki I guess (laughs) and he's sort of like backed by sort of a small army kind of 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 villains that aren't really identified they're just sort of like shadows with glowing eyes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and also King Cobra who has taken Pepper hostage so while Baron Zemo's like marching up King Cobra's like shouting at Tony from a tower somewhere and has Pepper hanging from a rope tied up or whatever Yeah, which that is a bummer like when did that happen why did right. that happen? I mean, I know why they did it, but man, yeah.
2: And it's just yeah, because it's just like I mean, they set it up with the reporter having a disc, so obviously I guess like she she unleashed someone who trapped Pepper. I guess it was King Cobra. I don't know if we saw him earlier, but I yeah, oh. right. Like I don't think we saw him in the fir- in the original scene. I don't think.
1: I don't want her to have King Cobra. I like King Cobra. I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I mean, in any case, yeah, Pepper, you know, gets uh gets held hostage. So one of like the two main like uh s- superhero adjacent women gets captured because that's yeah. how they do.
1: Uh, they go from like having her be a boss ass bitch to like nothing <laughs> so <know>. fast. <laughs>
2: I know, I know. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a bummer, but you know, when I mean, I guess
1: know. uh like this doesn't make it better. But I guess they do the same thing with Gwyneth Paltrow's, too. Like, they're not afraid to have her, like, run the show, but then also need rescuing. Yeah. Doesn't make it better, but I guess, like, sort of similar. Yeah.
2: Know. Like, it's better than that being the only role that they play, I guess. it's, But it's also just like, but it's like, it's almost like, well, of course we have to have her. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so like, easy. I know. Cause it's like, because this ends up really being... What makes all the dominoes fall because it's sort of like, well, we can't do anything because they have Pepper, even though it could be so easy to just like break the rope and then catch her. <laughs> like, I don't, like, it's not, they don't have her strung up in a very complicated trap here.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's a little, it's a bummer. I mean, this, this, the scene that, the scenes that come after her are pretty cool because they definitely amps yes. up the drama. It's just, it, yeah, it sucks that it's set up, but you know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so the, the, uh the two heroes learn this at the behest of loki who declares that who he like declares checkmate because it's like well pepper's hostage so there's nothing you can do but surrender yes (laughs) like sure okay fine
1: one hostage (laughs) i figured it out
2: (laughs) i know like i can't believe no other villain thought of this
1: you know what's interesting (laughs) is he he says like I thought I could beat you with numbers, but I guess I have to use other means or something like that. Yeah. Which is funny cuz it makes it feel like like this is something Loki wouldn't normally do. It's like, no, this is definitely something Loki would have done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little it's a little weird, a little yeah. off, but hmm. okay, whatever. Um, it gets us from point A to point B, I guess. True. <laughs> Um a pepper, of course, echoes echoes Furious Frustration. Like why did they why did they why did Tony want to do this in a superhero prison or a supervillain prison? Like that was dumb and asking so for dumb. trouble. So <laughs>
1: dumb. <laughs> well loki flashes a number of discs even more discs (laughs) and states that because the avengers have been responsible for putting so many villains in prison it's about time the tables have been turned the team of heroes clashes briefly when thor basically says like let's just get this guy and iron man's like no you can't do that like pepper's in danger you know you get sort of like the little avengers disagreement thing but not for very long because captain's like this is not the time (laughs) <laughs> and Thor, I guess, is just like, all right, Cap, like, that's all it really takes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It almost seems like they're just trying to, like, kind of throw it in and be like, you guys saw the Avengers movie, right? I, you know that they do this. So we just got to have them have a little disagreement because that's, like, yeah. what we know of the Avengers now. Right. These <laughs> but... three
1: guys have egos.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, that didn't really go anywhere, but cool. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> it's, I, it's, I like the tension that they are creating. It's just, I don't love the tools they're using to get there, so I will say like the fact that they are conflicted in this way and the fact that this is the disagreement that they have to tackle, I can appreciate. just wish it were constructed differently somehow
2: absolutely absolutely, so I know a lot of like a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they talk about i do i do like I guess they, they kind of um, are trying to get a little bit of like characterization out because there's even like Iron Man's like well you're not the tell us Thor like I didn't think you were the smart one or whatever so yeah and they're and they're trying to like strategize but it's just like well Iron Man's going to be thinking like super practically but maybe over practically trying to think of a strategy and then Captain America is actually the one who was like more of like the tactical leader who can really come up with like a smart plan or plan of action or whatever. Or in this case, like no, when they just have to stand down, I guess. So they they choose not to show any aggression toward Loki because Pepper is held hostage and they feel like they can't do anything, which again is bullshit. But they say that they can't. Um, <laughs> Baron Zemo. <laughs> It gets brutal, like, real quick. Because Baron Zemo just comes over and just starts, like, whamming on Iron Man. Because it's just like, we can't do anything, so we'll beat the crap out of you. Uh (laughs)
1: Uh-huh. While Pepper watches from above.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thor, like, resists attacking Loki, even though he wants to. Um, And this is all happening. And and he's trying to get him to, like, bow to him and all that stuff. Because he's Loki and he's extra. And then Hulk appears, like, jumping in um like out of nowhere like where have you been bro but okay yeah Um, he like leaps in um and threatens loki but Loki's like "Mm, okay i'm just gonna show off what my real plan here has been all along right i guess
1: you're first buddy yeah (laughs) here you are
2: without any restraint which i don't know why he didn't just like do this in the first place i guess he wanted to kind of just beat him up just to like mess with their ego a little bit he just shoots a little disc beam at hulk and it immediately digitizes hulk into a disco um and now he is trapped there
1: yes hulk is now a pokemon
2: <laughs> yep <laughs> collect it, collect them all kids
1: <laughs> well nearby uh akira proposes to the group of children that if they save pepper pots the heroes can resume their fight They must be very close to see all of this.
2: (laughs) Yeah. How do they know that? Like, I guess they're looking out of a window.
1: I don't don't know. know. I don't know. Well, Jessica's all about it. She's like, yeah, let's do that. And Chris, of course, is like, let's (laughs) definitely not do that. Because that would be a terrible idea. If we do that, you're just giving them the briefcase. Like, we need to get (laughs) out of here and get the briefcase away. But I do like the way they write this because he – He's kind of a jerk about it where he's like, if this briefcase is so important, I just want to point out that's stupid. Like- <laughs> right. But like he's not wrong. <laughs> like- right. He's not wrong, but they also ensure that like he's not invested necessarily. Mm-hmm. This is where we sort of get our first archetypal characterization of Akira and Hikaru. Like where we f- we see where they fit into the team kind of. Mm-hmm. Because Akira takes like great umbrage with Chris's <laughs> like disagreeing and he's like i'm gonna save pepper and i'm gonna keep the briefcase okay sure but i guess that makes sense so like we now know that you're the stubborn one who like will succeed through sheer willpower and like right. yelling <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much and then chris is like how are you gonna do that and then this is where we get the characterization for his brother because akura is like oh hikaru will figure that part out <laughs> and you're like oh okay <laughs> I guess he's that's smart who you are
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so now we know how they fit into the group
2: <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> hikaru's like reaction to it is just like i don't have a plan yet but i'm sure i will have one eventually
1: yeah it's not like he rejects it it's not like he's yeah. hesitant he's like oh yeah i will figure it out you're right
2: <laughs> i do appreciate that he seems just extremely chill like about everything all the time <laughs> like
1: yeah Yeah, we're going to need a little bit more from you, dude. I have no idea who you are.
2: I I know. Kind of
1: disappear every once in a while.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, meanwhile, one by one, the heroes at the presentation site, like all of them are now just having to just. Surrender and be captured into the discus by Loki, uh, while Pepper just watches dramatically while she cries, because um, yep. <laughs> that's what women do. Um, when Loki approaches Captain America, uh, Cap then delivers a very, very rousing speech, which mm-hmm. is also like intercut with the uh, with the uh, with the kids charging forward as well. Um, the speech is very epic and very rousing. He yeah. says, he says. This pain is nothing. It will fade eventually. But there is also a pain that will never fade. The pain in our hearts, our pride, our love. You trample over our hearts and laugh. Loki, someday you will get what's coming to you. Damn, boy.
1: Mm, I'm inspired. (laughs) 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 I do like that. Well, of course, Loki is like, uh how like how are you going to stop me all of you are about to be in these discs most of you are already in these discs and so cap's response is awesome (laughs) he's (laughs) really really on point and he says the ones who believe in justice those who walk the path of righteousness i'm sure of it (laughs) (laughs) and then you're like ah it's the kids the kids are the ones who believe in justice
2: yes yes yes. except for chris who was like yeah alone in a dark stairwell actually
1: yes i'm glad you point that out because the scenes that they show over these speeches of the kids Mm -hmm. have most of them together but chris is alone in a stairwell and i don't know if that's just meant to be sort of symbolic of of things to come if it's Mm -hmm. foreshadowing or if if we are to understand that he literally went a different way from them Mm
2: -hmm. i'm guessing he he didn't go with them and that he's going to show up he's going to have a change of heart and show up like towards the end of the next one or something because we also know it makes sense that they're cutting him with this because we know from the opening that his partner will eventually be captain america which is you know the -hmm. complete opposite of his attitude so i think it's sort of like it's just highlighting that very clear like dichotomy there
1: makes sense yeah
2: in juxtaposition so yeah i think it makes sense and yeah it's just kind of setting up and it's also just adding to the cliffhanger because you don't really know how they're gonna come back together again but you know (laughs) that they will
1: yeah oh of course of course
2: <laughs> and yeah and that's how they end it we still don't really have the yeah. team fully formed yet we had but, no uh...
1: d smashes the heroes aren't even all in their discs yet <laughs> the kids haven't met the heroes yet <laughs> Yeah. we don't know why they're colored different ways we just know that because derek explained
2: it to us <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I imagine, like, the episode after, like, episode three or four or whatever probably just has, like, just drops all the exposition on, like, here's how the discs work. But, yeah, it's interesting that they are taking so long yeah. So long to set all this up. It's so
1: different than what we're used to.
2: Yep. I mean, they're literally trying to transform this into a different genre. Like, mm-hmm. not anime, but like kids mon anime. Like right. <laughs> that's Kids Mon <laughs> <laughs> It's that's wildly different and it's crazy the, jupes, the, the 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 hoops that they're jumping to twist it into this. Like that's why I really want to know Like, who came up with this idea? Why were they thinking like this? Like, superheroes are already merchandisable. You already make tons of toys. You can make a superhero anime and sell lots of toys. Why did it have to be this kind of toy and this kind of anime? Like, what was the thinking here?
1: And if it has to be toys, I mean, show like, Yu-Gi-Oh! already exists and has sort of set the framework where you could make this super toy-based, but also have kids and not have to shoehorn it. Into an existing sort of Marvel Universe template. Right. Yu Gi Oh! You get to see the monsters. There are toys you can sell, but they're holograms, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they get to do cool stuff and you get to see cool battles. But ultimately, like, it's still kids with tech and stuff, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 And I guess, like, it's. Oh, I'm, I'm interested, like, where this ultimately goes. But because I do like the idea that they set up where it's just sort of like you're, the kids are now stuck in a world without Marvel superheroes yeah. unless they're controlling them. So, like, I love that the stakes are that high. It's just, like, the road to getting there is very complicated.
1: Yeah, we're just at such a bizarre place in the road because we've just, mm-hmm. like, we've been driving and seen... Very little, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like been driving for 45 minutes and have very little sign of any sort of like progress on the map.
2: Right. And like we said earlier, like, we're not we're not covering this whole anime like we are normally because it's a lot. That's that's a lot to do for a show that Spider-Man is not technically a regular character in. He's just kind of recurring in it, I think. Right. So but that's. It's just, which makes it even harder because it's sort of like, I mean, I guess this is what we're talking about, but uh, I guess we kind of know what we're talking about.
1: It's just, it's so weird though because I still enjoyed it so much, I and did I too. want to watch so much more. So it's like, they, it's confusing as hell. It, so much <laughs> is left unexplained, but they have a spell on me. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to
2: know more. <laughs> I think it really taps into the same things that, like, Pokemon and Digimon tapped into, and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Beyblade and stuff mm-hmm. like that tapped into when we were kids. And I don't really know exactly what that is, but there is just something about when you have just a regular kid who's put, like, in an extreme situation using, like, that has to use a toy to save the world, or at least, if not save the world, like, accomplish very lofty goals. Yeah. Um. And I think that there is something to that. Um, and especially, like, I think... The way that this really taps into the the one that's, like, very Digimon-specific, where it's also, like, a partner that, like, helps you grow as a person. Yeah. It's just, like, there's the weirdness of, like, the partner being, like, a regular person that's, like, (laughs) wrapped in a horror scenario. And somehow (laughs) it's still, like, cheery and everything. Yeah. But... Once I guess once you kind of get over that hurdle, like it's still tapping into the exact same stuff that it taps into, like the reason that we love those franchises. So yeah, I get it, but it's still really hard to like wrap your head around like why I'm liking it so much.
1: Well, and there's so many moving parts too. Uh huh. Um, like now, now I'm just thinking if they if the different discs have different typings, that means there's also like a potential game theory to how they are used, which... That's true. My God, what another layer to add to it. And was there a game associated with the toys that you could play? Or was that on the horizon (laughs) for them? Like, was that part of the plan? I just... Yeah, maybe, maybe there was like a mobile game or a DS game or something like that.
2: You know I know what I that mean? There, there was a video game attached to this. I don't okay. know how it like worked. I think it was a DS game. Actually, I don't know how like what the mechanics of it are, or what type of game it was, but they definitely made a game out of this. Um, that,
1: that, that has to explain the typing because the typing wouldn't matter that much solely for the purpose of the anime. Right. Even Pokemon ignores typing constantly. And that's like <laughs> one of the most important things in those right. games, you know?
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, Digimon doesn't really bother with typing that much either. So it's Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I can't
1: remember if they if they do much not with really that or not.
2: not really, and their typing is even weirder. I mean they they sort of have like dragon type and devil type and stuff but like the the ones that matter in the game are just like virus vaccine and data oh but like that doesn't really come into play in the anime very much (laughs) and even when it does it's not really from like a tactical standpoint like we're like one stronger than the other so it's it's all it's all a little um it's all a little messy for sure
1: gotcha i
2: think it's just a thing because kids like categorizing that stuff and like collect like you want to collect everything in this one category. Sure. So I feel like it's probably more for that than it is like the strategy of the games most of the time okay. Yeah, in a lot of cases. So
1: Pokemon is just like, we need something to move this plot in a way <laughs> <So> today <laughs> typing matters and tomorrow it doesn't <laughs> like, okay, sure. It's <laughs> <That's>
2: funny. <laughs> um, the only face of the episode for this one, it's not a funny one. It's just like a really cool one because it's like, if if you're looking for watching this show for being like Spider-Man anime, <laughs> there's um, one shot of Spider-Man that is just the most anime Spider-Man that you will ever see in your life. It's um, so
1: cool. It's so
2: cool. The anime of it. I mean, no, not anime of it. Well, the yeah, anime, the anime of it. Of it, all. Of it. That's <laughs> not what I meant to say. But I mean, yeah. Um, the the lighting of it, like the shadows of it, the way his eyes are covered, where he's just like very like like angry and solemn looking Mm -hmm. and like they're also like colored blue and like reflecting the sky in them i guess with like a black background like it's just drawn just like utterly anime in a way that you would only see in an anime so so i'm here for it
1: (laughs) you know i've 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 never felt compelled to like get into any kind of shape that would would allow me to wear, like, a Power Rangers cosplay or a Spider-Man – basically, like, a spandex or tight-fitting thing. But Mm -hmm. I bet you there's, like, no one who cosplays this Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, I mean – This would be
1: such a cool Spider-Man to cosplay for the sole fact that, like, you'd be one in maybe a dozen in the entire world.
2: Yeah, and it wouldn't be hard to do because it's it's just a typical Spider-Man costume. You just have to have the – adds a padding for like the sculpted abs and stuff and the muscles but and yeah. then just like the specific like spider design and eyes. Right. That's what make sure that that's different the, about yeah. it.
1: Yeah, you just make sure that the logo is right on the front and that you have like reflective eyes in that shape and that's pretty much enough. Mm-hmm. I mean most people wouldn't understand. They'd just think that you were wearing like a bad Spider Man costume. Right. But those who know would know. Right. And you'd be the right. coolest <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yes. Huh, I love it, though. Oh man, what a weird show. This is going to end up being
1: like one of my favorite things ever. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I just. I feel like that's going to be true. <laughs> I think the only thing that could. I. I do think there is the possibility, given that it is a fifty-one episode show, that there could be stretches that aren't great.
2: But we'll oh see. yeah. Oh we'll yeah. See. I'm sure. And I know that they're, this will come into play for what we're doing next, but I know that there are like, there's arc episodes, but I know that there's also some standalone ones that they do where it's just like, here's a hero or villain that we're talking about. So yeah, uh, that's definitely going to add a little bit of a uh, variety to it uh, right. for better and worse. So well, it's
1: the type of thing where if they do it really, really well, like, Cool, but uh, it, with something like this, if you fall too much into a particular format because you mm-hmm. have like a gimmick and you have a thing, I get nervous. <laughs> yep. yep, 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 yep. If episode three looks the same as episode seven, but with different characters, like that's, that's no good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. Mm-hmm. I want to have faith. They're Thank setting you. up so many things, it's so jam packed with things that yeah. maybe every episode will, will be an absolute banger. <laughs> maybe sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean it is limited it is 51 episodes you know what i mean I, sure I, I suspect that it is resolved at the end
2: <laughs> yeah i know they have a definite endpoint for it so yeah that is more promising and it does and like and like you said earlier it definitely a, seems like a bingeable show
1: yeah oh my god i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna do it
2: right right uh, definitely definitely
1: (laughs) uh well i can't wait i'm actually really excited to cover a bit more of this later because i think there are probably some thematic things that will be interesting to talk about once we've seen more Mm -hmm. um i just don't know if they've revealed themselves entirely yet so i'm not sure what to say about them but i think they're they're happening
2: yes yes so yeah You know what else is happening?
1: What's happening? Our Patreon. Oh, my gosh. Like, right uh, now? Yeah. It's, and, well, like it's, it's always?
2: It is on the internet. So, oh I mean, there, there's, we don't have hours for it. They don't close or anything. So, anytime, even if you're listening to this at 3 o'clock in the morning, Whoa. which is possible. Uh, You can just go onto our Patreon and find some cool stuff that we're doing over there, like our Walloping Word Snappers game, which uh, we have our our patrons that are $5 and up submit some words, and they can be five words or less, and anything so they can be very weird so sometimes if you're listening to our show and think that's a weird thing to say it could just be because we're weird people but it could also be because our patrons submitted something kind of weird and we were forced to say it in our show
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
2: yeah so and uh, we have new words submitted every month so they don't appear, appear in every single episode so may or may not be in this episode but uh find out on our next episode um always on the episode following if we had words that previous week we list what those words were and who submitted them So, just keep an ear out for that. We also do uh, monthly commentary episodes for our uh, kind of higher tier patrons as well. Um, And we always do them on kind of like tangentially related Spider Man shows. So, uh, so far we've done like Muppet Babies and Spider Woman and Robocop, the animated series, (laughs) which all have reasons for why we're doing them if you've listened to our episodes. So, listen to those. Those are fun. We would love to get more people participating. And we have some goals that we've set for ourselves too. So, if we reach those, we'll have even more bonus content, not just for patrons but for everyone um it just really helps us out because uh, like we said before some of these shows have been hard to access and we've had to uh to to put up some money to buy them fewer of them we'll have to buy now with disney plus but we also be paying for a disney plus subscription Mm -hmm. so that definitely helps us out um and other and we also want to occasionally you know reach out to uh, weirder media that might be still not on disney plus stuff like this where if it's available to purchase we will definitely purchase it legally to support the stuff that we're talking about of course Yes. So please support us, patreon.com slash (laughs) snappers. I don't know how to segue. (laughs) Uh, um, In the meantime, in the meantime, um, if you would like to find us personally online, Doug, where can we find you?
1: Typically you can find me on Twitter at Ickybully, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, tweeting about all kinds of things hopefully tweeting about this series (laughs) as i binge (laughs) it (laughs) um and then also if you're into pokemon stuff you can hear my voice twice as much by checking out the victory road podcast here on the four eyed radio network where my co-host kyle and i talk about all things pokemon as we feel like it Um, currently we are leading up to the release of pokemon sword and pokemon shield and there is lots of exciting news coming out about that what about you? Where are you?
2: Where am I? I'm located in Virginia. Uh, ah, my address go find is Derek.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you can find me also on Twitter as well. That's where I'm most active. Um, I, uh, my Twitter handle is at Um You can find me tweeting about lots and lots of. Weird stuff, um, as usual. So have fun with that. You may regret it, but I think if you're if you like me, you will enjoy what you have to read. You can also find me on YouTube. My show Second Chance, which uh, I'm working actually aiming to have an episode out. Um, if not out by the time this episode uh, like of our podcast is out, then shortly after, and then coming back and then going back onto a, uh, a, a mostly monthly schedule. But that is a video essay series, uh, kind of looking at. Um, different types of media that's considered like divisive or bad or just like generally not well liked or maybe even just misunderstood um, and just trying to kind of um, not like not make fun of it but actually kind of look at it with a positive lens um, or at least trying to like figure out why someone who might have liked it would like it and figure out kind of the intent there so uh, very research heavy and and try to come to some interesting conclusions about like our culture and media as a whole um, which the next one I'm doing is, is even more of that than usual actually mm. so that's why it's taken so long for this one to come together, I'm excited. Thank you. Um, I am too, and also a little terrified. So we'll see <laughs> how that goes. <laughs> but,
1: Fantastic.
2: <laughs> yes. So get excited for that, guys, I guess.
1: And if you would like to follow more of our show here, Walloping Web Snappers, you can do that on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Walloping Web Pod. Or you could shoot us an email with, I don't know, suggestions, questions, fan art, perhaps. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. borrow Doreen's dad. um, You could do that at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please, if you have just a moment, also maybe rate us, review us, subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers for all the perks. And, of course, we have more stuff to cover next time we will jump ahead through time to episode thirty-five and thirty-six in a very surprising Spider-Man centric two-parter, the Black Spider-Man and weakness of the Venom symbiote.
2: I wonder what those are going to be about. Oh my gosh, Marvel Disc Wars! You are right? getting it right. Really, only started talking about these two episodes so we can get specifically to those two episodes. <laughs> uh, to wow. Be, to be real. <laughs> wow! I
1: here's a fun fact. I didn't even know that that's what we were covering next. Oh, until you like read it? The topic (laughs) of what those episodes are. So I'm excited. Get excited. See you later. See ya. I've been saying Akira and Hikaru. I don't know if that makes me a weeb or not.
2: I want to look it up. Should we look it up? PronounceNames.com. Yeah. Tatashori.
1: Tatashori. Tatashori. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to say Tatashori. I'm going to Americanize that one. <laughs> then just the over design that like, sits funny.
2: Um, I just Did heard you like hear a- my cat. Yes, yes. What is he doing? <laughs>
1: he's, just, he's he's doing that thing that cats do at night, where they're just like,
2: I'm gonna run around a lot. Yep, I love it. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Because I could tell that he was just like reading from his. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, and I can't lock him out of the room because he's just gonna like cry a bunch. Yep,
2: and probably scratch at the what door. Are
1: what are you doing? <laughs> ultimately what
2: (laughs) what what do you want would you have something to add okay if this ends up being like the chaos episode i feel like it's a fine episode to be the chaos episode so it's okay